Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Gamer Podcast. I am Antonius The Gamer, joined by my co-hosts, Super SS Rank and Timothy Smith. Thank you, fellas, for another return to episode four of the podcast. We have a lot to get through. Um, one of the benefits of adjusting the schedule for this week, uh, Summer Games Fest has now concluded. All five days, all the showcases are done, all the behind-the-scenes interviews and breakdowns and reveal trailers for all, uh, all these different publishers and platforms. And, you know, let's just start off with that. How do you guys feel about the way uh, Summer Games Fest went down? Do you guys feel like it, it is the the rumored and whispered about a potential E3 killer that they've been saying it is? Uh, is there things that you guys thought were done well? Is there things that you guys thought were done better? Uh, either one of y'all can start. It was okay. Okay. It- it was generally okay to me. Like, yes, like, you know, like, announcements and how we do announcements now have changed to a more economical, friendly way, I would say. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by okay. It was economically friendly. Like, hey, you know, you know, we got Jeff Keeley here and, you know, here's some announcements. It's almost like a, like a VGAs, but not really the VGAs. Okay. Like, basically just showing updates, like, you know, for the upcoming... I would say, you know, late summer, fall, winter seasons releases or like early next year. But it was good. You know, the biggest thing was, you know, the Mortal Kombat gameplay release. I loved it. Uh, really looking forward to see, like, you know, what they do with the story. I feel like we got a good taste of how we saw the characters. Like, yes, familiar elements, but, you know, a new, gotta say, for, like, for, for, as Kronika says, a new era. Mm-hmm. Okay. And was, I guess, seeing it, you said it was okay, you felt like there was anything that they could have done better, or you just feel like it was just okay in sense of there wasn't much more they could have brought to the table in that sort of sense? Definitely to the table. Um, I do feel that, yes, we're, 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 getting, we're getting new releases that we've been waiting for a while. I guess we've just been like so starved for so long that we, we've just been expecting, like, you know, 10 out of 10 caliber all across the board. Mm-hmm. We feel like, you know, what we showcased was a good enough, I would say, appetizer and a decent meal for what's to come. Okay. Okay. Dory, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. I, I'm still, I still can feel the, um, the E3 of the past later years. So Summer Game Fest, I wouldn't say is the E3 killers. It's just, uh, to me, it's quarantine E3. Even you with know? the return of, like, the... Because, you know, this. I think this was the first year they went back to um, in-person, right? Yeah, but it's like, it's, like it's, it's, not, it's not as, uh, you know... E3 was, like, almost an amusement park. It was for everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. It was for everybody. Developers themselves were excited. People would purposely schedule um, release dates for games. E3 would kind of be like the advertising um, convention. It would be it, it was it was a gaming convention for everybody. Right. You get to test the games. You get to have live feedback versus online feedback. That's cool. You know, for if you're a game developer, mm-hmm. you get to have special treats. You know, special. Oh, I was at E3. It was an event, man, for gamers, for people like us. We can socialize. I think we need socialization back again. Mm. Games are always social, buddy to buddy. You know, online is cool, but it just doesn't hit the same. You know, right. 
Um, and of course, yeah, we graduated from the split screen TV screens, but community, that's how we are naturally as human beings. You know, we play a game and there's no NPCs. The mm-hmm. game is technically dead, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so, I mean, nah, it's not gonna, it, it's, 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 it's needed. I'd rather something than nothing. Right. You know? Um, but I don't think it's an E3 killer. I mean, I think it's, like, it's fine. And I wasn't even expecting anything from this year. We're coming out of, we're, we're now getting to see the sun, the daisies and the sunshine. <laughs> so, like, I don't expect, I do not expect these developers to have anything to give to us. If anything, I'm glad they have more time not to give us heaps and messes and piles and piles of of trash. You right, know, a glitch, it, incomplete. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's you fair. Know. That's fair. I think what you said too about um, the, I guess you could say like the the ecosystem, right? Of E3, uh, that was something, right? I, I remember, you know, we all kind of grew up on it, and it's just watching the evolution of it went from announcements, it went from. Uh, developers bringing out uh, trailers to full-on showcases within the show. Then you had the inclusion of, like, the cosplay elements, right? Where it's, like, the E3 booth babes or the, you know, there was always something of, like, man, you're deep diving into your favorite uh, gaming forum because somebody uh, was risky enough to get that cell phone clip of the behind-closed-doors footage of the game that everyone was talking about on IGN. Uh, And it's true. I think some of that does kind of get lost when things move to more of an online environment. Granted, I think, you know, if I'm correct, it was the first year of in-person, like the return of an in-person audience. So it's it has potential in terms of kind of building that ecosystem again. From what I've heard and other podcasts and shows that I've listened to, it seems like part of the reason why they went that route is just because the real estate in L.A. is just too expensive. Right. The, the amount that it costs nowadays for a booth, you know, in, in L.A. for these events is just ridiculous and companies aren't willing to pay that. So I think with that, you know, I feel like they did the best that they could given the resources. I actually thought that in terms of a showcase, it wasn't that bad. You know, I think Jeff seemed to be going for a lot of exclusives, right? So although some of them were a little silly, right, bringing out uh, Insomniac to reveal some Spider-Man 2 art and give us a release date, I'm like, this could have been a tweet, to be honest. Like, we didn't Not need, either. Yeah, we didn't Not need either, an uh, onstage announcement. Um while I appreciate Nicholas Cage's enthusiasm, I'm like, I don't play Dead by Daylight. So you doing this does nothing for me. Um, also don't think that, although I, I, I understand the intent, I don't think that this was the crowd to do that exclusive featurette of Twisted Metal on Peacock. I'm like, yeah, this ain't, it's not giving what it's supposed to give. <laughs> um, in terms of a uh, bringing in the audience, I do think the highs were very high in hindsight. Like Tim said, I think having Mortal Kombat 1 rolled out, I think, you know, not just the same old teaser trailer, an actual trailer, um, and a, an approach of what the story's going to look like, you know, which we're going to get into shortly, of just like, hey, these are all these things in the lore. How do you change that and still have it make sense? I think they, you know, they, they, they kept that in mind. And so far, it looks really promising. Um, Having, you know, Ed Boone come out and talk about, you know, give a lot of details, a lot of details, um, looking like they're going to kind of gear up for a really good summer of his rollouts and uh, trailers in regards to the characters that we're going to get. Uh, there was a bit of a lull, right? I think we talked about it in the group chat where there was a lot more first person shooters than I would have expected. 
it's kind of back to back to back to back. But for me, I'm like, all right, you know, you started off strong. You had a couple of like, let's just say mid like points. And then for me personally, you know, I'm a Final Fantasy VII fan. Although Ever Crisis looked a little in, the the Rebirth trailer got me. It got me. You know, a more of an open world game. Uh, there's a uh, team up combos. The story looks like it's heading in an interesting uh, um, way, just like with the first game. I'm like, all right, they know what they're doing. You know, so to me, I felt like it started strong and ended strong, in my opinion. All right. And with that, unless y'all had any closing thoughts about that, with that, we're going to move into the very next topic from that show, which, of course, is Mortal Kombat 1. Now, in terms, you know, we talk, obviously talked about it was a, a big segment of our first episode, right, of our predictions of what we thought about the the inclusion of cameo characters, of, of all the things that uh, was being teased and leaked and unconfirmed and reconfirmed and things like that. And I think I'll start off, I, you know, some of the things that we discussed, I think, uh, really hit home. I really love what they're doing with Melina in terms of, you know, the... The conflict that she has with Katana isn't just the the age old thing that we've seen for the past couple of decades, right? It's 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 two sisters who should, for all intents and purposes, be getting along, but the seeds of distrust are there versus them just continue. You know, Katana always you know uh, holding out the olive branch and Melina turning it down. It's just like you can see where there's a more, of a more complicated relationship. Not quite sure that I don't think they did as much, at least in this trailer, to kind of convince me of how the scorpion sub-zero brotherhood is going to work as of yet that kind of remains to be seen you know so i I don't have much to say about that so far but in terms of if i had to rate it on the scale of nether realm and ed boon really listening to what some of the fans questions were i feel like they did a really good job of addressing them out the gate like yes Liu kang is truly fire god Liu kang yes he's not taking as much of a passive role as as raiden did in later games you know, yes, we're going to give him a more aggressive and elemental moveset. Uh, yes, Ken, she's back. He's not a skeleton in the crypt. He actually might be gang affiliated. You know, like there's just all these things that they kind of out the, out the gate. It's like, boom, boom, boom. You guys ask about cameos. Here's cameos. Here's how cameo works. Here is a cameo combination fatal blow. Here's a cameo combination fatality. Right? I think they, they did a really good job of like for a game that we I've been hearing about and hearing about and hearing about. They did a good job of, of in my opinion, of laying down what we're going to expect in this game in September. What are your guys' thoughts? Um, like I said, man, I'm big on very story and lore, so I was very interested in what I saw. Um, a lot of our predictions from like the last episode came true, like when we saw the the, the teaser trailer. Like, uh, what I did like was, you know, the relationship, like go back to what you said, between Melina and Katana. So it looks like, you know, this time around, Melina is the older sister. And then now they're actually biological sisters. Mm-hmm. One is a clone of the other, mixed with Shang Tsung's, like, magic and all that other stuff. Like, no, like, they are actually blood sisters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but she's not half Tarkatan this time. Apparently she has, like, a feral-like disease, which is changing her physique mm-hmm. to, you know, now. So basically, maybe she's like a Tarkatan werewolf or, some, or something like that, and you just never know. And, you know, the, yes, like I said, you know, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, like, you know, there's been some confirmation 
that this is the elder brother, so Sub Zero, mm-hmm. which adds a very interesting dynamic because you know most of the time we're always used to that story in the in the lore being fast forwarded, right? And so there was a feud between them. Scorpion became an undead warrior. Scorpion came back, killed him, and you know the younger brother took his place, and then you know they kumbaya, right? And then I'm liking the fact, like, okay, so this is Bihan, so we're now getting to see more of his personality, I would say, before he became Noob Cyborg. Right, or right. How, so what's, so what's the, the, the fate of the young brother? <clears throat> a role in the story. Um, even in looking at the stages, you could do tell, like, you know, we're going to get some very interesting takes on realms. Because uh-huh. um, it looks like maybe Outworld and Adinia are still one, but not in a very savage, apocalyptic land-looking way. Right. It's actually very floral, very, very nice, things of that nature. Um, the cameo system, it's okay. It's cool. It's definitely a nod to NK9's um, tag system that they had. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they brought it back in some spiritual form of way. Um, Kenji, I really, I really loved his design. Um, he definitely looks more of like a like a yakuza type of warrior, and of mm-hmm. course, the, you know, originates from those elderly times. So, like, you know, it's a family heirloom that probably got lost up. So, and I really like the changes in his fighting stuff. Like, there's like a ghost warrior spirit that comes out. Um, so now you got a, a stand from JoJo <laughs> now. <laughs> Yeah, bro, it's giving me like Shaman King type of vibes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm really liking that. And of course, we saw, you know, what I'm interested to see, the new Shaolin Monk rivalry between Kung Lao and Raiden. Yeah, rather than so, uh, Kung Lao and Liu Kang. Yeah. Interesting. Um, even in terms of like when they showcase Raiden, like to see like, oh, so this is not the Raiden that we know. So the Raiden who gave his powers to Liu Kang died. Mm-hmm. So this is a freshly new Raiden, so or at least a reincarnation of the same Raiden. It's it's unclear. Yeah, yeah, it's unclear because you know you still see lightning powers, but is it like magic or through some other type of means? So I guess you know as the story unfolds, we'll definitely know more. It was good to see like the Johnny Cage stage, like you know he's a very established actor. Got the penthouse Malibu mm-hmm. cliffs, cool in the back. <laughs> They're taking, like, the art direction is looking very, very good. So I'm really looking forward to what they're doing with this. Okay. Troy, what do you think? Um, You've been stone-faced I, the whole I, time, so I know you about to. <laughs> I, think, um, I think in the story, uh, Kenshi's going to lose his eyes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, I'm not mad at it, man. The only thing I thought was kind of like, uh, weird was Sub Zero and Scorpion being brothers. I felt like they could still they could still be separated clansmen. They didn't have to be rivals anymore. But um, being brothers is kind of like okay, like essentially two different so like things, male, different clans, but like they have a male treaty. yeah they mm-hmm. could they could they could have still been two different clans they didn't have to be rivals like how we got in the uh, past but they didn't have to be brothers now all i see is male katana and male melina that's you fair. Know what I'm saying you already you know that's that's what i thought was kind of like i was like oh, we already have this 
I mean, she shoots like uh, some bear. We, we just don't know enough yet, right? It, it could there could be yeah. more to it. But you're right. At an initial glance, I would I would agree with you. It's just the male version of the same thing. You know, um, yeah, that's what they always were, huh? Technically, that's what they always were. Yeah, yeah but they weren't. When you look really? at look at the female ninjas and the male ninjas, you realize they have the same even numbers. That's true. That's true. It was always supposed to be kind of that synchronicity to some degree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but that was I, that was more so to do with limited technology. You feel me? And bad art direction, dog. So <laughs> I can't really. You know, can we really be like, you know, that's what they really wanted, and that's all that's all they really wanted to plan and have. You, you know, it was, it's a two and two thing. Mm. Um, that's why is in Halo Three? Why why in Halo Three can I swim? I mean, I mean, in the original Halo Combat Evolved, that's like saying why in original Halo Combat Evolved can I not swim or go into space right after I'm playing? No, you know, it's like technology is limited. I'm sure they would have done it, but they just couldn't. Okay. Um, but we back to. Back to a Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad. Um, I Shang Tsung is gonna be weird if he's a part of the story. So, you know, like, so are both versions true? And they converge, and Shang Tsung finds out, whoa, this fire Liu Kang is different from the. To be honest, I feel they maybe they're pulling like a MKX, like what they did with Goro, mm-hmm. like. Oh, was not in the story, but he was a pre-board or a bonus. Because I do kind of feel like that is redundant after Aftermath. Like, bro, we kind of, like, already, like, yeah. went already. Aftermath did a really good job of, of kind of bringing back the original big bad for one big finale. You know, which it's, again, going back to our other episode, it's like, it makes me think that, yeah, they will not be using Shane Sung as a big bad for this game. He just won't be the big bad. Whoever they're deciding to, to pick, he's just... He'll still play a part. He'll probably be mentioned in name, but like Tim said, he's gonna be the Goro. Where like he'll be in the game, but won't be the the, the conflict of the storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, overall, I like what I saw. Um, can we talk about how the how the game played out, or are we still talking about? Story no, we can, talk, we can talk about the game. How the game played out. Uh, I was gonna ask you guys how you felt about the graphics. Oh, the graphics is it looks a little um, more simplified. Maybe because it's in its early stages still. Um, it doesn't look better than eleven, in my opinion. It's weird. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. You're I mean, not it, wrong. It did give me eleven point five. Yes. Five. Yep. <laughs> it's def- there's definitely a, a good level of polish, I would say. The the cut they did they ramped up the coloring. Yeah. The lighting little. and the saturation is a is a a one. Um, even like the character designs and textures, like it's a bit more sharper. So like, it's definitely eleven point five. It's definitely okay. in terms the, cam- of the cameo system was like for me. I was like, yeah, why don't you just add tag characters? I don't know. We don't it's, know. You know, like, I, I don't know. Because this <laughs> is like, oh no, <laughs> it's just like why don't you just why don't you just do it? Just do a you know, tagging system, please. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> just do it. The combos is already looking tag worthy, right? Some of the combos Kenshi was doing was like bananas, and, and let's not even talk about Raiden's move set. You know, Raiden's move set in, in the in the trailer. I was mm-hmm. just like, yo, this is a, this this game is gonna be 
there's, I, there's so much freedom. I mean, the history that I've seen with Netherrealm is they, they love their NPCs. So I do feel like this chemical <laughs> system is a way to like cover both of that in a sense. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna give you like remember how we did with MKX where Rain and Tanya just did a couple of moves and you had to beat them anyway? Like I feel like that's the same thing with this. Like, oh yeah, like you know, limited mobility with these characters. Like, yes, yeah, some of them will be playable characters, but some of them not. Because you know, we wanted to bring back this character in a way that we might sell you later. Yeah, I it's I, I think Tim's right in, in the sense of like, you know, we keep wanting them to do I can't say it right by us, right? It's hard to say, you know, what a developer has in mind when they're planning the game. But we know what we want, right? We we absolutely want a tag-in system. Even with the, the cameo system, you could see, like, you could literally just do the same exact thing with tag characters. But I think to Tim's point of, like, this is this isn't in NetherRealm's history. Like, this is just what they do. And I think in a way of them trying to correct it, like, look, you guys are going to continue to get NPCs. This is just what we do. But we'll, we'll compromise a bit. And give you these characters where it's like, even if we don't put Kano in the game, you can still do his fatality. You can still use Sonya in, in your combo extender. You know, they'll still be there. They won't just be, well, you did the model. You did this. You gave him a festival move. Why not make him playable? It's like, well, we're not making them playable, first of all. But you'll still be able to implement them. And it's like the, their presence will be felt in a nutshell. Oh, man. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. Okay. Is it <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. You know, it wasn't bad. It was just. Um, it was. It's different. Um, Raiden's gonna be interesting. Um, the uh, Bihan. He's gonna. Is he gonna still be noob? Is the little brother gonna be noob cyborg? That's Many questions. Question. That's a good question. Um. Um. Kenshi. Kenshi's. Kenshi's black dragon now, because obviously. I mean, well, remember, like, um, the younger brother's code name was called Tundra. So maybe, all right, if they do introduce him as Tundra, like, is there, like, a different style of moveset or mm. that nature? Like, who's to say, like, you know, they have to do that route of, like, him becoming new cyborg? Like, because, like, you know, for, for example, since they did say they're going to be using a lot of classic characters, like, from, like, from Mortal Kombat 1 all the way to I would say probably like Deception era. Um, we're definitely getting sector cyborg, but I don't want to see this cyborg stuff. Sujinko? I don't want to. Sujinko, no, bro. <laughs> oh, bro, like no more mimic characters, bro. You gotta yeah. get out of the Sujinko. game, bro. Here. No more. He, they're gonna bring him back. He's not gonna be a mimic character. He gonna fight like somebody. He's gonna be a mimic character, Sujinko. Had no story but be a pawn. Mimic It's a new universe. Why not? That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. We got a new Raiden. Why yeah. not a new Sujinko? Well, technically, you did get a new Sujinko between Mortal Kombat 9 and 11. But guess what? He was just a character they spoke about in the background. Yeah. It's, it's something now, where, like... Honestly, Jory, like unless they're, they're open to doing more retcons down the road, I think Tim's right. You're not going to get them because it's like they'll dabble in something, and if it doesn't work, it's like it never happened, never. You know that whole little stint where they made um, Sub Zero into a cyborg at the end of nine, and they're like something oh, between nine and ten, yeah. he got his body back. 
Like, yeah, that but was don't horrible, they man. destroy his body to give him the cyborg body? So how did he get? Yeah, that was, all right, y'all got it. Listen, that was, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I don't know what they were thinking. Like, you're not gonna, you know, that's like turning Goku into writing. Nobody's going for that. Yeah, it was a Nobody cool one. It was a cool one, but it's just like, like Tim says, like the cyborg initiative. Like, it doesn't seem like it, it's they're not doing anything with it. What's the point? Well, Sub Sub Zero got his body back through the comments, like Quanchi. Right. Magic, of course. <laughs> they put his body, they put his soul in an undead body. I don't know who's but the I'll... better uh, practices of magic, the dude from Bleach or Quan Chi. They both, they both got to compete, man. Who, uh, Mayori? Yeah, the doctor from Bleach. Yeah, yeah, yep. Or Quan Chi. I don't know who's mm-hmm. better. What is this impossible thing that needs to happen? Well, don't you worry. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Got this Deus Ex Machina in, in, my, in my in my back closet. Don't worry, I got you. Um, do you you guys do realize that um they borrowed from the live action YouTube movie uh with giving Melina uh, the disease because that's how they introduced Baraka. Mm, I, Baraka I, had an actual disease and it tra- it started to mutate him. Okay, I, I didn't see the YouTube series, so it was know. interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but that's good. Like, you know, fan... Sometimes, like, you know, me and Anthony have this conversation all the time. Sometimes fan theories make absolute sense. Or actually make for better writing. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we contribute to the writing in some form of a way, man. But overall, to get back on topic, I think, like, you know, Mortal Kombat is in a good place. I do feel like, you know, in terms of marketing and, you know, even with this new beta that's coming out, excuse me, I definitely want to like you really beta coming out. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a closed beta right now, and then an open beta. I think later into the summer. I definitely want to see like you know what is the depth of this real game, and I'm really looking forward to like more character reveals. Because mm-hmm. you know, especially like where we are now with video games with these new systems, and you know them being ten dollars more. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm taking Anthony's um, philosophy way high right now. Like, bro, this. Have to make sense. Yeah, you, you. I will never shy away from it. This needs to justify the price out the box. I don't want oh down the road because we know the history of fighting games, right? Like we know at some point there will be the ultimate edition that gives us everything we ever wanted for that entry. I'm like, but out the box, it's still seventy dollars. It's still four years of development time to give me this game. I haven't gotten a new Mortal Kombat entry in years. Justify the price, please. I don't want to hear, well, you know, we had to go and shoot this in 8K off of a blue screen. No. Then don't do that. Justify the price for me to spend $70 out the box. Well, then how are we going to make money? (laughs) 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 Dog. I'll say say one thing. Mm. Um, I do feel that Ed Boon had a lot of fun making this version. It seems like it. It seems like it. Um, he seems reinvigorated. Like, I like that Ed Boon because that's the Ed Boon that wanted to try something new with the 3D Mortal Kombat. Mm. It didn't quite go as well. But he's still proud of it when he talks about Armageddon and Deception. You can you can go and revisit. There's a, like a, a He's still proud of it. Mm. So there's obviously something that he wants to kind of like... Um, you know, revisit and, and make uh, kind of like do a newer version because he was very proud of Armageddon, man. 
I remember those IGN uh, quick vids, and even when you have the game, they mm-hmm. have the uh, behind the scenes. So, um, um, I think this is going to be a, a, a. I'm just shocked that you have an American made game that's more popular than any Japanese fighting game out now. Yeah, uh, I, I watched the interview that he did. I think it was with I think it was with IGN um, at the at the game show, and he was saying how um, you know when he looks at the history of the the franchise, because they asked him like, "Hey, like you you stay with this franchise for like thirty years at this point," and he's like, "Yeah, you know the 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 amazing thing for him is is like we haven't sold as much as we have until MK nine, ten, and eleven, like we're doing better than we've ever done before." You know, so I, I, it's it's almost like a re, like you said, like a reinstilled pride of like, okay, we haven't run out of gas yet. You know, we haven't run out of ideas yet. There is there's still more to be done that can be introduced to this new generation that still makes it just as exciting for us when we were growing up. You know, in a more streamlined and accessible way, we're just like, but wait, what happened with this and what happened with that and what what part of this is canon and which part of that is you know was just a, a fanfic basically. Um, so it's it's I thought it started off strong. Like I think. It's it's in a really good place, you know. I think we, we talked about last time. It's like Ed Boon, in some ways, can be some of the best. And I wouldn't say necessarily the worst, but we'll open certain things up where it's like, obviously, he's sticking with the cinematic story, but he's kind of tightening the reins of of all this. Let's do this. Let's do that. Time skip here. Time skip there. You know, it seems like it's a lot more of a grounded approach to the franchise. Got a question before mm-hmm. we move on? Tim at Wood. A interactive story mode be worth the price point for Mortal Kombat. I'm gonna say. Would, I, go ahead. would it be? Would it be? Uh, would it make it make sense for you guys? I'm gonna say no. Still, uh, only because it seems like they are not as confident in branching storyline arcs in their games. The few times that they've done it in the past, those little side, you oh, you went here instead of there, it kind of gets dismissed immediately within like the greater lore. So for me, it's like if you don't feel comfortable as a developer going down that route, I'd rather you just not, to be honest. Or 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 a um when I say interactive story mode, not not in the sense of making decisions, mm-hmm. but more of like a story mode within the game. Kind of like what uh, Street Fighter did. Like well, yeah, like a Street Fighter or like how Tekken did. Like a Tekken Force, but with Mortal Kombat or even a, a you know, Shaolin Monks mode. <laughs> that would make sense to me as a purchase. But, you know. I mean, it would. And if we're going that route, then I would say, yes, I'd be down for it. Um but it's it's also me kind of being realistic with what to expect from games nowadays, right? Like right before we recorded this, uh, I was reading this article or watching this article earlier where they're just like, look, the 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 the, the, per- the purchasing audience, right, of us who play these games, who grew up with, you know, the next sequel might have a two to three year turnaround. It's like now the average is four to six for a fleshed out sequel. Right. So in our minds, we're thinking like, yo, this game came out four years after the last game. But that's the, that's the new bare minimum. Right. So I think this idea of what I would love 
you know, um, every uh, developer to approach their games like uh, Starfield or like a, uh, a Zelda, right? Where it's like, we've spent six years on this, but you're going to play this game until 2025. Um, I think realistically speaking, for a turnaround that's going to turn a profit, you know, four to six years being the average, I don't I, those extra modes that would make sense, even like a PS2, Xbox area, might be behind us for the time being. Got you, got you, got you, got you. Yeah. Understood. All right, so moving on at least into the uh, Game Awards, and then we'll kind of branch out to the uh, the different showcases. Am I the only person here that that's that's excited about any Final Fantasy related things? Did, did the seven trailer not really reach you know reach y'all? Is it just me? I saw on me. <laughs> um, mostly because um, I I'm still pretty late into the Final Fantasy world, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was something that I always grew up knowing around. I even bought, like, you know, the Advent Children DVDs. Uh, I love the story mode of it. Um, I love the character designs. I feel like maybe that's just where I am as the audience. I just love the lore. Mm, okay. Um, versus the games, I would like to give it a try one day. One day. Um, like, because to be honest, like, RPGs of that type of style, bro, like, like, personally, to me, they kind of, like, take over my life. Mm. And, you know, because you knew, and you knew me from the Pokemon eras, bro. Like, you <laughs> super ham on those back in the day. So, it was like, oh, Like, it's like as an adult. Yeah. To really back into that type of lifestyle, bro. It, oh, I, man, I, is that bad, dog? No. T- Tim is a, a platinum trophy subscriber. Like, I will go back to this game until I see that platinum clink clink across my screen. <laughs> oh man, I would have thought you was gonna say like picture of the platinum trophy. Yeah. <laughs> what time it is at night? I was sent it in. Like, bro, I finished it and I am deleting this game right now. Right. Games you wouldn't even think he was still playing. He's like, bro, what? He's like, I finally got this platinum, bro. <laughs> So I get it when it comes to RPGs, when it's like, you need 60 hours to get the, the, you know, this hidden golden. It's like, mm, I am a grown okay. man. <laughs> I don't have the time. <laughs> Yo, man, when Monster Hunter dropped, Sardinal, dog, those missions are 50 minutes. No, bro, no. 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 When you're recommended to me, and I, I again, I, I trust, trust you guys' cosigns very dearly, and you told oh, me man. what the average length was, I'm like, bro, I am Good. I can't. I cannot. <laughs> but I, 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 I mean, you can give us your opinions about them. You okay. Know? Okay. Um. So, so for me, you know, like most people who are into JRPGs, uh, I got into it as a child. Um. I think part of the reason why it, it irked me so much uh, when we were talking about Final Fantasy 16 last podcast is that you know, uh, Final Fantasy 7 was kind of like one of my entryways. It wasn't the only RPG. But one of the main ones, I think it was that uh, Legend of the Dragoon. I don't know if you guys remember that game. That was like another. Was good. It was, was very good. good. You know, so there was a couple of introductory, especially on the PlayStation era, it was really good RPGs. And you know, it was one of those things. Where I'm like, I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, it was another black man that put me, you know, a, a black boy onto these these games and this genre, and you know, spending weekends and weekends and summer months trying to make it through these 40, 50 hour. Uh, games, so to kind of see them reimagined in this way, um, in the way that I would have liked it to be, right? I think 
for me, I, um, as much as I am when it comes to I, I want things to be a certain quality, I'm very open to change, right? So when they're like, yeah, with 7 Remake, we're doing away with the turn-based system that is no longer relevant to the gaming area we're in. It's going to be essentially an action-adventure, Kingdom Hearts-esque uh, battle system. I'm like, that's exactly what I would have wanted. That's exactly what I would have wanted. You know, and the fact that they've been able to kind of figure out ways to redesign the characters while also kind of keeping them true, not for nothing to our imaginations, right? I look at these these uh, ultra HD renders of, uh, say, Tifa, right? And for the certain crowd who's like, no, man, her, her titties were bigger than that. I'm like, no, but she's also a trained martial artist. So she has triple Fs. She's not somersaulting off of an enemy the way, with the same agility. Get your mind out the gutter and let's get practical. Tsunade could do it. Right, right. <laughs> My favorite cartoon character waifu can, you know, can they can't do it. Why can't Tifa? Like, well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's things like that where it, it seems like Sports Bros exist, man. Huh? Sports bras do exist. Yeah, sports bras exist. Yeah. Right? I'm yeah, like, if yeah. this is a person that we're supposed to, again, obviously it's a fantasy game, but it's supposed to be grounded with some type of realism. If I'm supposed to believe she can move this fast, punch this hard, she can't just be all chest. It's it's it's, it's impractical. Right? I, I like the fact that they even took the time with Cloud where it's like, he's carrying the sword the size of his body. So yeah, his biceps aren't, you know, massive, but he ha- there's enough muscle there. You can see the tone of like, this is what happens when you swing a sword the size of your body time and time again with nimbleness, right? This is what happens when you're essentially a super soldier. So I feel like in terms of what they've been doing, you know, Ever Crisis, I'm like, you know, I told y'all in the group chat, I'm like, you know, sometimes Tetsuya Nomura is going to Tetsuya Nomura. Like, this man will let his imagination do his thing. Like, yeah, I'm sure you guys wondered what the, the story was with younger Sephiroth. And it's like, mm, not really. Not really. Honestly, we, we don't need this. But okay. Um... I think in terms of the mainline game, you know, he's been able to kind of take that same creative imagination and do the things that I was hoping to see, right? Everything in the trailer is what I was hoping to see. Dual attacks, you know, the fact that it seems like you can swap out with any of your party member at any time. I think what Tim said with the lore of the characters, I think them, you know, making the time to recognize that it's not just Cloud the series, right? And giving a lot of these other characters, you know, the iconic detail and, and, and attention, that they deserve, where it's like, even if you guys ever do get into the games, it's a night and day difference of playing with Cloud than it is playing with Yuffie in her DLC. They fight completely different, but also accurate to what you remember as a character. You know, so I, I think in terms of taking what used to be a turn-based, everybody has one combo, right? Because this is one swing, one strike, one kick, and giving them a very fleshed-out and personality-driven moveset. I'm like, bro, this... This might be another one day one. Just tell me what it costs. I will be there so far. You know, so I think for the most part, I think Square Enix as a whole is doing a pretty good job of um, adapting a a very antiquated system to uh, modern day sensibilities. So that's my that's my pedestal with uh, when it comes to JRPGs. I'm not, you know. Uh, again, I think I'm a little bit too old for the Dragon Quests and things like that, where it's 40, 50 hours into a, a campaign, but it's just my bag. What is Ever Crisis? <sighs> so, <laughs> in a nutshell, um, sometime either last year or 2021, they announced a 
Kingdom Hearts approach to the Final Fantasy VII world. I don't know if you guys remember, but there was also a almost like PUBG version of Final Fantasy VII on mobile devices. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes, Jory. Yep. The one that quickly, quickly uh, closed its doors because nobody asked nor wanted a PUBG Final Fantasy VII. But Square Enix, you know, (laughs) due to the remake doing so well, they're like, oh, if the interest is there in this world, we will literally just slap any genre with the Final Fantasy VII universe. And I think Ever Crisis is in the same vein in the sense of like, it's it's giving more more breath to the world, right? From what we've seen, it, it seems to be like, here's these other secondary characters that would have been interacting with some of these iconic characters, right? Like what happens to, you know, and it may not be something that we, we care about, but what happens to Soldier Number 34 when he comes to contact with Cloud? Homie in the cutscene is dead. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, right. Ross. <laughs> right. These characters, you're right. So you know, like it, it's it's an effort in futility. But I think that's the 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 thought process of like we're gonna kind of approach some of these storyline and story beats from a um a outside looking in of like here is these other people that are kind of caught up in this this madness. Future Gohan. That's all yeah. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Future Gohan. Though. Countdown to the inevitable. You know? He gonna be real killed, man. <laughs> right to, Countdown right to, to the inevitable. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm not too crazy about it. I think uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm actually interested. Like I, I expected it to to be that good. Like so, I guess I wasn't really wild. You know, I expected it to um, be more open world because of I see what decision they've made with um, sixteen. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's where all, and that's why 16 is the way it is. Yeah, you know. And and, and to, to before we move on, I, I did say in the group chat, y'all, I played the demo of 16 and uh, have some news. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It's heartbroken. Oh man, devastated. Mad, madly pleased. Mad. Okay. My my uh my inner uh uh <laughs> my inner Imhotep my inner uh uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> That's my my inner Grand Rising was was Arthur fisting the entire time bro I was tight I'm like yo this game actually plays pretty well okay I kind of want to see how this plays out oh no <laughs> okay see I didn't want to say it but I was like man. If I get to have a longer Devil May Cry than other than what I got from Devil May Cry Five, I'm buying two two copies, man, and I'm streaming. It's yeah, good. yeah, buying two copies. Man. Not not perfect, right? I think there's certain things like there's a there was something there was a couple of odd beats within the combat system where it seemed like the the summon or the icon moves that he acquires seemed a little bit more fleshed out than his basic attacks. And I wasn't super crazy about that because everything kind of comes back to the sword swinging. And the sword swinging kind of felt secondary. Like, yeah, the sword swing is kind of like how you kind of whittle down, but everything kind of refers back to using the Phoenix power, using the Ifrit power, using this power, you know? Okay. So, mm-hmm. with, with Devil May Cry influences, I guarantee you he's going to have a longer extension down the line of combos within with the sword. Which is what I'm thinking. I mean, again, it was a demo. Yeah. It was a demo. Yeah, yeah. So don't, don't, don't even, <clears throat> don't even think it's coming secondary. It's just the progression. The sword is going to be the connector. Got it. Once you get farther down the line, 
with those type of style of games. So. Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm open to it. You know, again, if we're nitpicking in terms of like, mm, okay, this felt a little, okay. you know, yeah. by the numbers with the swinging. I think That's- the other thing too is like, I'm not going to lie, bro. They, they did a really good job, especially with making summons the focus of scale. There's a, a moment in the beginning of the game, um, and of course, you know, the trailer, uh, the demo's available for everybody. There's a moment in the beginning of the, of the game, and they're showing it in trailers throughout the months, where Shiva and Titan face off. And you're on, like, a mercenary mission while these two factions are warring with each other. And as you're trying to traverse, it's like you're watching the attack on Titan rumbling every time Titan makes a step. The ground is cracking, the terrain is shaking because... He is a massive, massive, massive earth monster who moves the earth with every step. There's pieces of ice and glaciers falling from the sky because she was shooting ice attacks. I'm just like, yeah, they might got it. They might have it. The Jin Cherokee. Yeah, no, seriously. The Jin They might have it, bro. There's a part towards the end where, you know, again, from the trailers, you're, you're playing as Phoenix. You're fighting uh, like a possessed Ifrit. And it's just the scale of what is happening. It's just, you can tell, like, there was time and uh, dedicated effort being put into this. This is not like we're going for spectacle. We're going for a band of the copy. It's like, it's, you can tell it's very, very focused and very intentional. And I was like, God, wow, of, War, this... God of War 2 compared to 3. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's, I would say the intention of 2 with the spectacle of 3. It it felt oh. it felt like Poseidon. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. Felt like Poseidon. Yes, that's yeah. big. That's big. I know. That's big, man. I know. Again, my my inner Imhotep, bro, was like, no. And again, that was shown <laughs> on E three, which would make this, which is why E three was great, man. My, my uh, all black medallion, you know, was. <laughs> it's just <laughs> you threw that out the window. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> It was it was good. It was good. It was a, a very good show. Um, but we can move on. We can move on. Um, going into some of the more uh, independent showcases, um, I felt like I do want to get you guys' thoughts because I, I think it still was a mixed bag. But Ubisoft, right? I think personally, right? I was pleasantly surprised by the Prince of Persia game. It, it felt very uh, again intentional in terms of like. Clearly, they're not doing this as a main entry. Clearly, this uh, is a bit of a spinoff, but a spinoff with passion, right? It's the comp- it's a, the publishers who made the Rayman Legends remake. You know, they, they're looking for a more Metroidvania with uh, anime influence, which is very obvious. It's very colorful. Um, it still ties into the lore. And it's like, this is a, a pretty good pre-rollout, it feels like, to bring back Prince of Persia proper. Um, the Assassin's Creed stuff... I, I don't know. I still don't know. I'm like, Mirage. Mm. Capadonna. Capadonna. Bro. And then they announced a mobile version, a VR version. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? For Apple, right? For Apple, right? Yeah. But what are y'all thoughts? How do you guys think about Ubisoft's uh, uh, presentation? I feel like they've worn out their IPs long enough. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've done the the, the twos, threes, four, five, six, revamp it and remake it, remake one, two. Like they've done it enough. Yikes. Like, um, <laughs> like yeah. England. Victoria, England. 
Like the Prince of Persia one, like um, I was very surprised because I thought that they were really trying to really focus about this remake, but I guess they just said no and just scrapped it from the beginning. Um, yeah, they didn't have to make an announcement about it, so I guess like you know this is their way of saying like, hey, yeah, we know you guys didn't like that, so here's something new-ish. I did like the fact that it's no longer a focus on the prince; it's actually a servant of the prince. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, definitely has more warrior within type of influences. He's very aggressive, very, like, you know, I've even seen from trailers, like, do get stabbed. Mm-hmm. Do, get, do get stabbed and stuff like that. So it's very interesting. Um, Assassin's Creed, like I said, man, I feel like Assassin's Creed has really hit, I would say, the end game burnout. Mm. Um, like, you know, I, after, everything after Eisen is like, it was like, what are you doing? Right. And I feel like they're, they've hit that point. Like, you know, the, yeah, like, you know, the um, the location is interesting. It's in, like, you know, the golden age of Baghdad, uh, the Middle East. But it's just like, it's, it looks boring. You know? <laughs> I feel like, you know, you overuse this formula so much that I would have just had just rather uh a uh, golden age of Baghdad game, like in terms of what was the economics like, or you know, was there like a current villain? Um, like you know, did... Baghdad the game, <laughs> yeah, what, what not, what not, call it the sands of something and call it a day, man. But I do feel like they've allowed their creativity to like stay in a box, just like, um. Comes of Far Cry, like Far Cry Six, you starting to see like yeah, the end game burnout is starting to like sink in, bro. So like, you don't really know where they want to go with this story, especially like after what happened at the end of Five, canically. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like so, where do you even go from there, bro? Unless again, maybe they're just now that these things are their own independent universes per game, because like you said, so, Five was. But that's becoming the cop out now. Everybody mm. just wants to throw a multiverse at you now, <laughs> just for the sake of oh, we don't want to throw away what we did before, but you know, to make it make sense in the now. Oh yeah, it's all part of a multiverse, and right. it's like, oh, I am so tired of that. I am so so tired of that. Man. I, think, I feel <clears throat> the writer's strike that's going on in the world that is going to hit video games soon as mm. well. Mm-hmm. And t- of like you know potential new IPs, so like what these com- what these companies are doing, they're just literally rinsing and repeating. Right. Like, in terms of like you know their Tom Clancy portfolio is kind of like. We <laughs> 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 really don't. Yeah, I I think they they. Oh, actually, Jordan, let me get your thoughts. I don't want your thoughts. What you what you thought? I don't care, like? man. Yeah. I don't care about. I don't care about him losing his finger. I don't care about the Arabian lady that got the cool raspy voices doing the voices of motherhood. I don't care that they in Baghdad. I don't care that he got it's because it's like who ca- I don't care. I'm gonna go into some simulation VR. My name is Desmond. <clears throat> it's not real. I'm going back into my mind why. To unlock your hidden latent abilities, Potential. yeah, passed down by then, bloodline. 
it, it's dumb when you think about it, man. So I'm like, I, I just lost. I don't care because there's other games that have, I can feel the same fulfillment and scaling and discovery. And it's like, when you play Prince of Persia, it's not satisfying anymore. It's like, it, it, there's no, there's no payoff for me mm. when I play. Like versus beating the game, it's still not a payoff. Origins was more interesting because it's like it's Egypt, mm-hmm. you know. The, uh, who don't like the pyramids? That aesthetic is always going to be interesting in mm-hmm. itself. That is that is the that is what that is the pamphlet for a forest. You know what what a forest does for a video game. That's what. Um, an Egyptian, uh, you know, Egyptian uh, theme game does, right? Right, especially in terms of things you can pull from. Especially in terms of, terms of things you can pull from. But it's like, really, man, I just don't care. Like, I don't care about it. When, I, when Tim says it's exhaustive, they, for me, I've had it when they released Syndicate. That's mm. when they should not, they, they poured them out like Madden. They did. Far Cry, yeah, yeah. Far Cry Madden. Like, Stop. Mm-hmm. Stop. Yeah, all the European Assassin's Creed's did not do well, though. Like, you should have stopped that black flag and called it a day. Mm-hmm. We're going to the French Revolution. We're going to kill Louis XIII. And I stabbed the man in the neck, and I'm having a 30-minute conversation with him after he's dead. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I know that's part of the gameplay. They're trying to be artsy, but yeah. like, no, no, come on. No, oh, you're right. It's, 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 they've, they've, you know, Tired cliche aside, they milked the cow for all it's worth. And you, you're really who's, starting to feel who, it looking at it. Who's the big bad of Assassin's Creed? The Templars still, I guess. I guess and what, what are they exactly? Who knows? That's, what, that's <laughs> my whole thing. It's, it's like, no, I'm not here to play Nicolas Cage. Not at the museum or, or National Treasure. I'm not. No, let me just play Nathan Drake. Then we're going to do that, man. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it doesn't go anywhere for me. Doesn't go on your foot, you know. I feel like the next game that they make, take all of everything that you wanted out of Prince of Persia. I mean, um, Assassin's Creed, uh-huh. and make a new game, kind of like what Tim said. This was Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia birthed this. Yes, birthed something else. Yes, and Ubisoft as a, as a whole, man, they're just not those guys, man, anymore, man. Sad like, to say. Is Bioware? Bioware owns Control? Or is that a Ubisoft product? Uh, I'd have to check. Uh, yeah, you keep talking. I'll look it up real quick. Um, yeah. Um. So, I, I don't care, man. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. When they brought back Ezio, I didn't care even more. <laughs> Yeah, Ezio, because you know, even with the BR, they uh, they try to promote that with, you can play as Ezio. I'm like, I'm tired of playing Ezio. They should have stopped the Black Flag. <laughs> so <laughs> so just for uh, uh, conversation's sake, I think Bioware uh, is owned by EA. Yeah, and they're, owned it, by, they're owned it, by EA. And uh, is that the Alan Wake people too? No, no, Ooh. Bioware is not Alan Wake. That's Remedy. Isn't Bioware Bioshock? Or that's somebody else? No, no, no. Bioshock is EA. Yeah, so, I mean, EA owns Bioware. No, there's Bioware and then Ubisoft. Ubisoft, then who's under Ubisoft again? Tom Clancy? 
Tom Clancy, the Far Cry. Trash. Trash. The Splinter Cell game that came out. Like, Splinter Cell needs help, period. I feel like it doesn't have any flavor. It's They don't know what to do with it. That's why. Yeah. So, a lot of their IPs aren't... aren't, aren't they mean nothing to me. Well... I, okay, and I'm glad I looked this up because I wanted to ask you guys, and Tim in particular, about this. Uh, I mean, Ubisoft is making that open world Star Wars game, Bounty Hunter esque Star Wars game with the Far Cry formula to it. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if I feel that way. Sorry about that. Honestly, um, I, I think it's the right choice in terms of it not being another Jedi offshoot story. Right, it is, and also kind of playing it safe of like, well, they're not making like a, you know, a bounty hunter with an established character either. It's it's kind of like a Kyle Kestis, obviously a woman, but like a Kyle Kestis is like an original character for this game. Not even a bounty hunter is actually like in terms of like the criminal uh, underworld. Like, remember that game that got canceled a while ago? Yeah, like they're basically just trying to revamp that, like where it's basically about Wait, the- which game. No nah, man, um, I was saying, uh, it was Star Wars thirteen thirteen. Yeah. Okay. Where it was basically it was a game about like the criminal underworld of Star Wars. So that's basically what this is. I mean, it has a cool art direction. I mean, I did love, you know, what they showed. Um, the gameplay is still a little bit wonky to me. Mm-hmm. It's still it's very stiff, I would say, because even the part where she was like zip dying line, and I was expecting like you know. Uncharted three type of like, like animations, like in anim- corners, yeah. It was just like a simple like, oh, she did a zip line and she just went down like almost like a like a child. Mm. I was like, are you not running? That, that there's like ten dudes about to shoot you and kill you. <laughs> but then see, that's also like, you know, the maturity of Star Wars. Like, you know, you gotta start. You gotta know which games to really amp that up. Mm-hmm. Like this is like, all right, this is the criminal underworld. Like, as you know, like, even in Clone Wars, Clone Wars, you know, show, shows, like, Star Wars, but they deal in drugs in this um universe. Mm-hmm. Spice and all that. They, they deal in drugs, bro. They're doing drugs. There's human, human alien trafficking. There's all this type of stuff that is going on during this galactic war. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to see what, ha- what happens. I mean, I am glad that, you know, somebody else... Is taking the reins with the Star Wars license because mm-hmm. you know EA had their crack at it, and you know try to um, microtransaction us to death. Go on, <laughs> and you know how th- you know how things with with, with that. Um, I I still like you know respawn. You know is the the golden child right now in terms of what they've developed. So I'm willing to see what they do. I mean, I hope it's not too much Far Cry elements because if I if I have to climb a tower. I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. I would say you can bank on having to climb something. Uh, it's, it's the Ubisoft way. <laughs> it's it, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. So I'm really like um, I'm give, giving it time. I do foresee that's definitely not coming out this year. No, 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 no. no. That's definitely something for next year. So I'm looking forward to see what it brings. Yeah, it's also from one set in a different timeline. It's set between Empire Strikes Back and the Jedi Returns. It's not set during the first three movies for once. So that's also a, a different. You know, approach to it. Yeah, like the Clone War um, prequel era, they've done all that. They to can. death. Like, to death. There's no more. <laughs> not enough. 
Son. And I know this, um, especially like, you know, after Return of the Jedi with this whole New Republic thing, you know, they're trying to tread lightly, especially after what happened with the last trilogy. Mm-hmm. They're trying to, like, you know, tread very lightly about what they bring out there because, you know, one side they're saying like, oh, let's retcon the last three movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, this New Republic era, we finally get some good storylines that make sense. But are, is there going to be a connection or are we just trying to throw something out? So I do feel like even in terms of story, like, you know, with Star Wars transferring over to Disney, you know, like a, there's a lot of th- there's a lot of new checks and balances you got to work out with. More of a, uh, I'd say, appreciation for continuity, too, of like things tying together in a cohesive way. Because like, especially how the Mandalorian ended, I was like... For season three, I was like, there's no way y'all just threw away all this progress mm-hmm. in, in, in these next three movies. Uh, there's no way. There's no way. Joy, you, you don't you don't like any of it? No, I don't. Um, I'll tell you why. I mean I'm I'm not mad at it. It's just like uh just give us thirteen thirteen, right? Um <clears throat> here's my whole thing, right? Because I think a little differently about it. If you're going to release this game, why give us Kyle Kestis? You know, why not have Kyle Kestis and her on the same team? Or like you choose, you know, how to play the game. Because it's like, I don't want to play this. And then, because I want a Jedi, right? So I'm not, I don't see why I want to play this. I'm, I was never the guy who's into gunslinging in Star Wars. Okay. Right? I see you what you're saying. I'm not a gunslinger guy. Uh, a pew, pew, pew. You know, like, give me something cooler. A la- and then it's not even the coolest version of a laser shooting gun. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I- I'd rather play as a Jedi. And it seems to be almost, it almost looks and reminiscent to each other. Uh, the way the, the direction oh, yeah, that Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, Same why build not? Up. Why not give us? A, why not give us a Star Wars where we can create? If you, I could have created my own character in this one. I'd have been all fine with it, cause I don't want to play as a protagonist that you. I don't really like Kyle Kestis. You know he's better now mm-hmm. compared to the first game, mm-hmm. but I would rather they just gave given us a, the choice to make our own character to make it a little bit more personal, um, right? Uh, you know, if you're gonna give us a single player experience, don't force me to play this character. Kind of don't. I kind of right now. I'm not in the mood for that. It might change. It's coming out years later, but for me, I'm just yeah. Like, I, give me a single player experience. Like I might as well. If I want to be in this world, why do I have to play as this character? But you don't think that they could do it in a way that you know they could introduce uh, weapons of any kind that would kind of pique your interest. Secondly, oh, well, I'll get to that. Secondly, I feel like all of the female protagonists as of late, the audience of Star Wars have is given a fatigue. Ray Palpatine, they they got rid of homie from the Mandalorian. Turns out he was a nobody. This is what I'm hearing, right? Am I wrong? Which guy? Um, the the Mandalorian guy, because he took off his helmet. Now he's not welcomed anymore. Oh, so, I mean that's just more like he's not a nobody. It's just within his his uh, uh I guess you could say religion. Um, yeah, it's kind of just like you have not to redeem yourself. I think if you haven't watched season three yet. Didn't she take over? Isn't she like the new Mandalorian? What do you mean? Isn't she the, the main character now? The, the, the female chick? I forgot her name. Um, Bo-Katan? 
Yeah. No, I mean, it was just basically, like, the, the story was about, like, you know, people of, like, you know, like, yes, they have their subdivisions of their cultures, but they came together as one people to take back their homeland. And, you know, he views her as the leader because it made sense, bro. Like, she's basically like a female Vegeta. Like, she brought back both all the clans. She brought them together. So, like, he views her as a leader. But, you know, he still has his identity because at the end of, at the, end of the day, yes, you know, their home is being rebuilt. But he still has, like, you know, his outside gigs. And, you know, he's um, going, you know, crossing the galaxy to raise Grogu. So she's technically, she's not taking over. Um, like, yes, like, you know, there was a lot of buildup about her character because, you know, Bo-Katan is a very pinnacle character in the series. Like, even from when she was introduced from Clone Wars, um, even what you saw, like, how life was during the Rebels saga. So, like, yes, she's a big deal, but I would not say she took over. So, you know, like, yeah, like I said, like, you know, he's like, you know, Pedro Pascal is still, he's still, he's still technically the Mandalorian, bro. But um, even in terms of what you said about, like, you know, creating your own character and stuff like that, it goes back to what Anthony said, continuity, bro. They want these games to connect with the canon story because they realize all this, like, different, like, you know, continuities of comics, movies and this, like, it's, it's caused too much. They want one cohesive but, story, and if you have a dude, character, it's kind of like well, you can't really use her anymore. Right, that's true. Okay, their cohesive story is not something I would. It's not. It's not in a good standing. Like it's already written in a way now because it's like pre pre Luke, after Luke. It, it takes the place between this Luke Skywalker and this Luke Skywalker. I'm tired of them being a ruler in time, period. So basically, if I'm you're saying that like these things, if I'm understanding correctly, they don't matter because they all are just either preludes or post stories from the bigger events. It's like it's like all of this took place between Luke Skywalker's fight with Vader. And it's like I'm not interested in that timeline anymore. Cause now it's all finite. It's all it's all it has a cap on it now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, this was happening during this time, but it's like, so what? Like, I don't care. That makes perfect sense. You're right? It, it's, not, it's not new. That makes perfect It happened sense. all between this bubble, and it's not even long enough lore. If It's not like, let's think, Let's give a good example of what, what story does it. Um, you know, had it, it... Naruto doesn't do this. I take that back. One Piece, right? One Piece. One Piece. One Piece is a, probably a prime example between Gold Rogers era and that I'm and stuff happening in between that. But at the same time, the story's progressing forward. You're absolutely which, right. Which, which makes the story and not only that, the continuity a lot more free. I don't like stories that are trapped. Right. Luke, if Luke Skywalker is the pinnacle Jedi, why do I care? If Han Solo is the pinnacle gunslinger, I don't care that there's another gunslinger. I'm tired of these Jedi surviving out of nowhere. And we got another, we got another Jedi survivor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see what you're saying. I, I am see. I going to see Chewbacca in the 90th game? I, th- I <laughs> oh, think, man. I think you and Tim are on the, more on the same page than you realize in terms of like yeah. things that need to take place post 
movie tie-in. Yeah, like, yeah. like, 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 let's end. Like, I don't care about this Luke Skywalker saga no more. The story was never. It was cool, right? But it's over. Y'all did it with Clone Wars. Y'all did it with. I seen Revenge of the Sith already. I know Anakin murdered children. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I definitely do agree. Um, because <laughs> especially that was what the you know the the plot about the book of Boba Fett was like. You know, it has its flaws, but it was basically highlighting. All right, so what does the criminal underworld look like after the fall of the Empire? Like, is like are are is the criminal syndicates on the rise? Because you know, there's no Empire who is basically like the police checking everybody so like are we gonna be running things i do feel like you know that could have been a good era to really exploring because like how you said there's really no real cap because you know they might retcon the last three movies so that that space of time is still open so yes yeah, like you know you know since they said but after you know uh you know uh the empire strikes back but before return of the jedi which was only one year mm-hmm so it's kind of like, so what are you really going to add, like, canon events? Like, you know, are we going to get references about, oh, yeah, them guys got their eyes beat on half. Mm-hmm. Like, like, <laughs> like, dog. You know, so I do I do get what you're, I, you yeah. made a, you made a that's, good song. That's, that's a good that. point, bro. Honestly, you're right. Yeah. And, just, then, and, then not, and not only that, I, I don't think it's going to do well because, People are like the, the male audience of Star Wars feels like they've been um, betrayed a little because of now when I say that. Yeah, because we can we don't even have to. You can go pill up. Uh, what's happened with the what's the Asian girl name that was playing Ray Ray's Ray's backlash. Uh, even Leia's backlash. Leia's backlash. When she did that oh, first movie in, in empty space, I was like, all right, bro. The last trilogy just sucked to me. I Yo. and I don't count it, period. I don't count it at all. Now she's Palpatine's daughter? Yeah. Palpatine was shooting lightning bolts at light speed ships from the ground. It, I blame Disney for it. I, yeah, dog. Yeah, and, she can heal now, herself. She can meditate and, with rocks. Her force powers are unlimited. Yeah, and that's and that's my thing. Like they're like they're tired of the. They're just they they're like I'm telling you, it's not. It's so bad. It's it's okay. I'm trying to say this in the in a, in a as what it is, what the the environment is, what the market is. Mm-hmm. They're not going for that. And because they're not going for that, the reason why is because it was done. It, first of all, it was forced, and it was done poorly. There's many female characters that's done right. The character, the character from Control, no. Mm-hmm. Even uh, not for nothing, uh, the the re- uh, rebooted look at Tomb Raider, Laura Croft. I think that they handled her very, very well. And I like when you play those three games. Yeah, I, I think two is the best one. Two is the best one, but I think in terms of like having to reapproach that character in a way where it's like she, you know, she's not a Mary Sue, right? She doesn't know all the things, but she's very competent, very, you know, like still flawed, but very competent. You could see why this character is able to survive these things. Very smart, very resourceful, you know, like you can kind of uh, attach yourself to her storyline. 
the chicks from Uncharted are cool. They're Two great. Chicks, yeah, they're right? Great. So mm-hmm. they're good. Um, who else? I don't. You guys, you guys haven't played Bass Effect, right? No. Okay. So they have a very, very good variety of female uh, characters in, in within that story. Um, the first Mass Effects. But with this, it's the market doesn't really kind of like how the market now wants. We want predominantly we want characters of color, right? Now look at every redhead being traded off from a person of color. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's that. It's like it's basically that's what's going on right now. There's the market for it. Then they're like, like as for us, we don't have a problem with protect female protagonists, right? We don't mm-hmm. care. We don't have a problem. But for Star Wars. It it can happen, but it's just not like as far as right now. Nah, dog. I think I think what you're saying is like, all right, for for like for example, the, the current biggest female character for Star Wars right now is Ahsoka Tano. Yes, and easily. You know, the reason why is because she has so much depth, like from Clone Wars to her coming back in Rebels to now, like, all right, now we're seeing her. Post Empire, now you found out she was alive. And to be honest, I feel she was the one who completed Luke's training after he left Yoda and the Empire Strikes Back because mm. it seemed like he never saw Yoda again. And especially when you find out what the time skip was, like, so you didn't go back to Yoda after you got your arm cut off. So then who, who completed your training? And then, of course, the Mandalorian comes around. You see, like, oh, they, I was like, wait, oh, they know each other already? So, you know, there's a story with things, so hopefully we find out more when her show releases. But I get what you're saying, like, you know, so this character has a cap story. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you're not going to really care for her more much after this game. And even, you know, the way how Ubisoft model works, is there going to be a part two? Almost definitely. Three or something of that nature. So I get what you mean in terms of, like, like you want a character that really matters. Yeah, that holds or, significance. And like, or even if it didn't matter, since it doesn't matter already, because it's like, just give me a character that's already created. Since it doesn't really, the story's already ended. You, that's what I'm saying. It's like you don't lose. Even if I don't, if I make it back in part two, <laughs> well, you know, say okay, you made it back in part two because I mean, you're you're technically not as important as you are to the story. You're important within your own context, but. This takes place between Empire Strikes Back and I'm like, I don't care. The story's done. Do I care? Do I care that I'm in Dragon Ball Z's final season, right? Boo is done. Do I care that they go back and Ubu's always in the mix of the... No, I don't (laughs) care. I don't care. Like, no. It it has no... It has no... um, One thing I always loved about Naruto they made the dead people feel like I am glad they're dead. Because if they were alive, it'd be havoc. The ninjas that we have now that we call it powerful would not stand no chance. Mm-hmm. When And what proved that was when they did the resurrection jutsu, the salamander being alive, the first Hokage from the cloud village. You know, like... Like it the um the dude with bandages. I said, yo, y'all had Hokages like this in the future in the past. <laughs> I'm glad y'all did. You know what I'm saying? And then like when you do something like that, it just doesn't have any, it doesn't have any um oomph, it doesn't have any poise, it doesn't have any uh 
substance to it, man. Yeah, that's how I feel about this whole thing. I, that's what I have a problem with Star Wars in general. Like, it was like Star Wars is more most interesting in the Old Republic. Period. Uh, yeah, I say that. That's, I'm gonna say that's hard to say definitively, and we do need to move on. But yeah, let's move on. But again, I think ultimately you. You sway Tim and I over. I think you're right. I, I do think that if they're going to continue to go this route, it needs to be characters, like you said, that have so much of a significance that their influence on the plot is undeniable. Because if not, why include them? If it's about street smuggler down the street who was affected by the, the spillover of, of the Death Star crashing, why do we care? They're going to be dead anyway. And that's why I don't care about Kyle Kestis. That's part of the reason, mm-hmm. too. He's almost too backdated to matter. Like even if he grows as a character, it's like you you're set back in such a time period that you're gonna you would have to be by definition an old man to still be alive in this current. And age. then who who's gonna be his main villain? A Sith that didn't die or a Jedi that turned that didn't die. That's all you got. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, Where would be the Inquisitors during the movie? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're being saved for uh, Star Wars Ten. Don't you worry. All right. Man. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Taika Waititi got you, bro. Hey, yo, chill, <laughs> chill. He's gonna improv them right into that movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm gonna call Chris Jones with up real quick. <laughs> All right. To move on, um, we'll hit some uh, quicker topics and then get pretty much into Xbox. Um, so Cyberpunk DLC was released. Um, Idris Elba, again, that uh, gaming money bag, it seems 10 times over. Uh, given the state that uh, Cyberpunk launched in, given the, 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 I can't even call it the meme, they've been turned into a punchline when it comes to how to not do your rollout for your next big game. Um, do you guys feel like and it doesn't have to be specifically for Cyberpunk, although I think they're, they're probably the biggest um, offender. Do you guys feel like this DLC is enough to redeem Project Red and redeem the game in, in audiences like us eyes? Um, I'd say it would be a good start. Because, um, you know, graphically, the game is beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. I, there, there's there are many patches in right now. And, you know, for example, like, look what happened with No Man's Skies. To this day, bro, there was they're still releasing more expansions, bro, and that is the perfect example of a uh, of a company that is committed. Mm-hmm. I feel like if this cyberpunk has that level of commitment, they could turn this around. Okay, okay. Like, like I said, bro, No Man's Skies had the same type of backlash, bro, and they just kept on pushing. Mm-hmm. They came back with a vengeance. And, you know, it's kind of like they're almost like, you know, like they, they're almost on the par with like GTA crossing multiple like um, console generations. It's mm-hmm. like, bro, how many updates y'all about to release, bro? Like, <laughs> like, it's like every it's like every couple of months, like you would think the game is done. You know, they congratulations to them. New expansion. Right. Um, so, like I said, um, cyber, um, 
they de- they definitely want to get back into good graces because you know, especially you know, with the Witcher season three coming out, and you know, you know, to add more to that series, they want something concrete to give their audience to say, "Don't lose faith in us." You know, shit happens. You know, but we're we're adamant in fixing it. So I mean, we'll see in the long run. But I have faith in them. I just have simple faith, and time will prove that. Okay. Right. Um. Yeah, Tim made a good point. You can make a comeback nowadays because the game doesn't just like end. You can do live edits. It'll take longer. Um. Cyberpunk really let me down, man. You you knew you knew that was my game. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I love the cyberpunk <laughs> genre. You know the era. I, I watched Blade Runner 20, 20 what, what, 2039? I watched it religiously. I watched, yeah, I watched Dude. I like futurist, futuristic aesthetics, man. Like it's it's me. I, that's where I'm the most alive. When I play Metal Gear Solid, virtually every year, February, I'm at uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, Metal Gear Solid Four. I watch the cutscenes when I'm cleaning doing a deep clean in my room because of just the technology and stuff like that. But even though Cyberpunk's a little bit more advanced, one of my favorite games is Deus Ex. Mm. Uh, Human Revolution. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my favorite games. I play it because I I love the futuristic status. I love seeing the the complexities. Yo, am I human anymore? Am I not human? Even though that's not the case of Cyberpunk, Cyber Psychosis is a theme. You know? How many implants do I get before I go crazy? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that I find um, that I love about Cyberpunk, but it really let me down. So with Phantom Liberty, um, is it going to give me the Cyberpunk that I've always wanted? I don't know. I don't I mean, know. The impressions uh, seem to to indicate that it's a step of good faith, a step in the right direction. Yeah. And I feel that's where we should just leave it. Yeah. Like, okay. So. More than that, just give it as a sign of good faith to build up off of. Because, like how you said, man, I do feel like this current cycle, console cycle is going to last a little bit longer than usual mm-hmm. due to, like, you know, the, the issues we've been facing. Yes, we may get updated hardware, but I do feel like we're going to see, like, in terms of like longevity with games now these days, a bit more because, like how you, like how I said earlier. No Man's Skies and GTA prove that, bro. This thing could last multiple console generations, True. bro. True. We don't have to go nowhere. We don't. So, do you, do you guys feel like, and we, we don't have to uh, get too deep onto this, um, do you guys feel like uh, situations like Cyberpunk, situations like No Man's Sky, um, even GTA 5, do you guys feel like we're slowly moving away from the traditional uh, game sequel? Where... You know, for the the price of an expansion pack, you can kind of implement a lot of the same things that you were going to plan for a sequel into the core game and still move forward. Yes. Okay. Um, you know which game was a perfect example of that? The Little Big Planet. Um, when they did their expansions, like I remember the Pirates of the Caribbean expansion added water, and I was like, wow, like this was something on the caliber that you thought a sequel would have. But, like, even when they brought the sequel in, it's like, 
Like, yeah, you saw the changes, but then it's like, wow, like, yeah, you could really tell, like, man, you don't really have to do a new sequel for these type of things no more. Like, mm-hmm. give us that hefty patch. It's going to hurt me. <laughs> for real? <laughs> I want it, and you know I'll make space for it. Mm. Because um, the Storm games are a prime example right now. Like, there, we are in a current predicament. It's like, bro, this is... This could have been DLC for Storm 4. Yeah. Like, it, it really could have, because it's like you're really selling us an entirely new game for something that we barely see any change in. Yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag, right? I think, you know, another example, too, would be uh, um, Xenoverse 2, right? We've been playing Xenoverse 2 for the past seven years, right? So I think in some times there's ways in which it works, and other times you're right, where it's like, bro, please, please. Stop. Just cut it out. It's the psychopaths that's playing the game to this day, man. I gotta blame them. Cut it out. It's not that good. I, it's not Go, that good. Gohan 9, man. When I saw the Beats <laughs> Gohan trailer. Yeah. Not for nothing. They still needed to kind of end it, but Beats Gohan was done really well in that game. That's all I'll say. I still didn't unlock it. <laughs> All right. All right. That's, I just want to get you guys quick thoughts. I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll kind of revisit it uh, soon. Right Now that the, the the savage return of live service games is on the rise. So I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, if if, if um, publishers are moving this way of like we're going for the ideal four, five, six, seven year game cycle. You know, these these are things that would normally be planned for a sequel. But if there's enough of the core game there, you know, can you support it through an expansion? You know, can things kind of take the Destiny 2 route where it's like it was enough post game to kind of be a new game? And us as fans be like, this is cool. Like Tim said, I'll, I'll get I'll get another hard drive and figure it out to continue playing this game. I do feel like at a certain point they do need to establish like a cutoff point. Because <laughs> like that's like Destiny and Xenoverse is like, bro, can we like move on already? Right. Can we move on? <laughs> No, so I do feel like yes, like at a certain point you do need a cutoff point, but it's hard to like how you said again the argument earlier. If the core game is still there, it's technically still in the same cycle, right? So it's kind of like you gotta just you know you either pay for it or you don't. Okay, all right. The the other big segment of our discussion today of all things um, uh, Game Fest Xbox Showcase. Right. It, it, this was their time to prove, you know, like we discussed, the PlayStation Showcase was not uh, as um, critically acclaimed as some thought it would have been. You know, obviously, overall, we all thought it was pretty good. I thought that they, they did a good enough job, but, you know, it wasn't the, the home run that we thought we were going to get from the Showcase. Um, with Xbox, Jory, you know, you are a regional Xbox defender. You know, you are the, 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 the last Microsoft uh a champion on on this podcast, so I'll let you I'll let you go with this kick off this segment. What did you think about the Xbox showcase? Oh, um, it's a step in the right direction for them. Um, it wasn't amazing, not for me because I'm a very particular Xbox person. So a lot of the banter, I I like Microsoft because of the ecosystem. I like it because it has longevity. I have games that I've had since the original Xbox. Now on here, um, 
it's just it, it works. It's a it's a system for me because of the games that I actually really like. I like Halo. That's one of my favorite games. Um, so I wasn't really I was I was happy that they had a product that was presentable, being Starfield, um, Fable. That was in game. That was actually how the game looked. I like the direction Fable's going. Uh, Fable seems to have its own personality, and that's all I want for the console to have. Mm-hmm. They're starting to come into. I think Phil Spencer's plan is starting to take fruition because what people don't realize is he's building an infrastructure so that when he does have a creative person, they don't get treated like an EA. They don't get treated like a um, like kind of like what happened with Redfall because his attention was all focused here. Mm-hmm. So um, next time he learns, he's gonna find out what happened and why it happened. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be the language amongst everybody now, right? Because we all know a AAA company, AAA company like CD Projekt Red can fall down mm-hmm. if they give us a bad product. We're, I mean, you're going to charge us 80 bucks? We're going to be very unforgiving, mm-hmm. right? So I think overall the show was cool. Um, I'm glad Fable finally got some time. I, the, I played the first Fable. First Fable was my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't really care about two. Um, but besides that, I like I like that they're getting a the groove. They're getting uh, some hope on this step. It's a step in the right direction. Wasn't there, you know? I wanted to see a Killer Instinct. I wanted to see a Gears of War mm-hmm. stuff that mainly mainly like me, mainly games for me. Um, I'm glad that the JRPGs are taking more of a, 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 a have more of a presence now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Like you can, I can confidently not like be in fear unless it's a Final Fantasy hold. That Sony puts on, you know what I'm saying? Um, I can finally, with confidence, expect to get um, a game from Japan. You know, a, a game that I would like to play. Mm-hmm. A Gundam SD game doesn't have to be on the Xbox because of the type of clientele or the people in the community. But for me and others like me that are into action role-playing games, JRPGs, things that people would find to be niche, there's a space there for me. We, uh, I'm, I don't consider myself like an average gamer because I can play pretty much any game, but I do have my particular games and styles. I'm, a, I'm an action guy. I like um, good storylines. <clears throat> Devil May Cry is my favorite game. But because of the people in the community, that game probably won't be number one on charts as far as Xbox sales. Mm. You know? But I'm glad that Phil Spencer recognizes that it's up to him to break that uh, stigma of it's just a shooter, shooter console. It's only for like you know, you know, Call of Duty heads and bots or whatever and whatnot, you know. But it's a step in the right direction. I'm not really mad at it. I wasn't really you know impressed. It it didn't have anything I was interested in. So it's always mm-hmm. going to be a C. You know, it's always going to be a C. Um, and that's it. No killer instinct. Nothing. I want to see the, some of the games that they've made in the past confidently make a return. No, I didn't see any of those. The reason why the games of the service term, the fighting game season pass came originated from Killer Instinct. It did not exist before. Mm-hmm. Killer Instinct is the originator as to how fighting games now are marketed. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, pretty much there was nothing that spoke to me. Um, I'm happy. Starfield is something I'm definitely going to play. I never got it, into those. It looks good. Games. It looks yeah, good. Yeah, I never got. 
Yeah, I never got into those fallout games because of when I didn't feel like playing in the first person. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to give me a custom character, right? I'm spending all this money on aesthetics, and all I got to see is my toes. And if I want to <laughs> see myself, I got to go in a hub lobby and start jerking, and, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not, it just doesn't make any sense. Why Why make me customizable? You know, just give me a, a, a sticker or something that right. I can choose. With. Just doesn't make any sense. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, Xbox does have a lot of first person games, and I'm glad this person in third person, this game in first person looks just as good as it, as it does in third person. Mm-hmm. My character, I can interact. I do like games where you make your own choices and it doesn't go according to plan. It's going to be different for everybody. I love games like that, you know? Um, so, yeah, overall, I ain't really too mad. It, it was cool. Um, I'm glad that they showed me something to promise. Fable looks like it's going to function well. Fable looks like it has the backing that it needs. Um, the humor was there. It was its own. Mm-hmm. And that's all I want, you know? Uh, Frozen Motorsports, I can barely tell the difference now of a real car from a fake car. I'm thinking it's a screensaver. I'm thinking it's a real car. Not Okay, you guys have perfected that game. Give some help to the other students. That's all I can say. I mean, you guys are welcome to comment. I'll, I'll read, you know, I'll jump in. Yeah, I mean, um, go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead. The only thing that I was looking forward to, because, you know, I was very pissed that this studio got bought, was Hellblade. Uh, I was really looking forward to, like, a sequel, because I really did like the overall, you know, vision of the game, like, you know, about mental illness, but, like, within, like, the Norse mythology, like, illusion, psychosis, things of that nature, grief, and that, like, and it really showed in the aesthetic of the world. So, like, you know, when I found out, you know, it was getting the number two, and it was like, so, right, Xbox exclusive. <laughs> yeah, I'm just literally just stuck with the first one, so I just gotta, you know, say like, well, that's how life is, you know. But other than that, um, you know, Starfield looks great, looks great, nice little sci-fi genre. So mm-hmm. looking forward to see, you know, what promise that brings. Um, yeah, man, it's just you know, this is this is the new wave of how companies do their releases now. So we just got to realize, you know, this is the new, I would say, air minimal or way of distribution. So, like, don't expect these big theater opera presentations anymore. It's too expensive. Mm-hmm. They want to put their money towards other things. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I, I agree overall um, uh, with Tim Majori. I think it's, it was fine, right? I think it was, it, it, I guess my thing is like it it's tricky for Xbox and I kind of I don't want to say sympathize so it's not like I feel bad or anything like that but like you, they're in a tough position right they're in a tough position where you know Phil Spencer said it themselves that they had to put themselves in a place cuz like we're in last place right we're we're in last place to Nintendo we're in last place to to PlayStation and there's nothing that we can announce or release that's going to say I should buy an Xbox we don't have one already but I think to Jory's point, I think this showcase was a good template of this is how you move when you don't have anything to lose, right? You can't, there's nothing uh, lower than last place, right? So when you have that kind of creative freedom of like, okay, I don't have to hit y'all over the head with triple A banger, triple A banger, triple A banger, 
I can still focus on a couple of things that I think is going to be received very well. I think they definitely made it a very clear point to um, promote to their, their core fan base, right? This wasn't the, and here's why you, the Nintendo user, should buy an Xbox, right? This was like, if you already have an Xbox, here's the things that we're doing to kind of make sure that you guys feel satisfied with your purchase. We don't want y'all to abandon ship. We don't want y'all to think that we're going to keep giving you guys redfalls for the next five years. Like, we're, we're really trying to get back to a new ground level and slowly win you guys back those exclusive that, you know, you have bought for this console. Right, the the console wars, as we know it, in my opinion, are over. Right, it's not like the the, the glory days of you have the GameCube, you have the Xbox, you have the PS2. Right, I think they they've they've all kind of divided into their subgenres pretty well. Right, Nintendo, you're gonna get again their mascot games, their their party games, their the, the games that your parents technically could pick up and play competently. Right, Sony, they've essentially mastered the third person action adventure genre. And like Jory said, Xbox for the longest time, if you wanted to play a graphically sound shooter, you bought yourself an Xbox, right? And I think they're, they're doing a good job of like pulling back in like other genres. I think with, to Jory's point, like it would have definitely benefited them heavily to have announced like a Killer Instinct. You know, that would have been like, you know, you have certain games, you're like, dang, or kind of that. that. Mm-hmm. But just like how you said, you know, the different ecosystems, like, you know, but that's where, like, you know, you do see a little bit of competitiveness. Like, you know, when Sony bought Evo, basically, that's them saying, you know, we're about to take over the fighting game community. Right. Or, like, or even, like, uh, I would say the esports scene in general. Like, they, they want that. Mm-hmm. Like, shooters, fighters, they want that. And that's where they really push them because they realize, like, yes, you know, the story games are good. But we do recognize the volume of people who come in for, you know, the esports titles. Like, look, for example, people are still upset that, you know, Virtual Fighter was a console exclusive with PlayStation and just like where everybody else is like, yo, so we're not getting it. But then it's kind of like, you know, in terms of a fighter, what for? The owner of the fighting game community is Sony. So, like, mm-hmm. so with like you know when they had to showcase on um, smash brothers is basically saying like all right well nintendo you gotta come and come through us if you want to show it mm-hmm. but do you, I, I guess like to that point though tim do you feel because like my thing is like i feel like xbox doesn't have the tools just yet to to fully fight back like obviously you know they, they can't lay down and play peaceful right they gotta throw their ring uh their hat to the ring somehow but do you feel like this was a showcase of them to be like, no, we're making a strong claim in this subgenre or this ecosystem, as opposed to, you know, I'm all about the, the quote unquote going to war, but you got to feed your people. You know, like yeah. you, you got to feed your people. It definitely was feed the people. Like, hey, you know, we understand you're upset, but this is all that we got. Um, and that and that's literally the vibe that you got. Mm-hmm. That's literally the vibe that you got. So there's no. There's no, there's no beef with that, so yeah, they did what they had to do, and you know we're just moving on with it. Yeah, I'd say my only critique, our main critique, would be that a lot of these games, although a lot of them did show some form of gameplay, did not have release dates. I think Fable Three being shown gameplay without a release date was a mistake, because we've all known that this game was essentially being made for years now. Like the leaks on it were pretty like. We knew it was being made, 
So for it to, yes, come out with a very strong trailer and, you know, like, hey, it looks like it's, it's in the right direction thus far. For it to not have a release date, even if it's for next year, is not, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not how you, again, feed your people. Like, yes, you guys are getting a Fable 3. But we know that you know you're getting a Fable 3. So here's just some signs that we're doing it well. But it's like, but when does it come out? When do we get to play this? When do we get to see, you know, more in-engine uh, capabilities other than a very small tease of a combat system? So that was kind of like my own thing. I was like, mm, glad y'all announced it officially, but also coming soon, they ain't going to cut it for where y'all at right now. You guys need release dates to kind of, you know, again, rebuild that ecosystem for themselves. Last topic for the evening. All right. All right, all right, all right. We, we, you know, we do we do claim to be a, also an anime uh, podcast. Storm Connections, after months of drought, we finally, finally got some form of new trailer during the Game Fest. And, you know, we talked about this during the group chat. And it's, it's funny because the public perception, right, is that we have these big uh, Japanese companies that aren't doing, quote, unquote, enough with their franchises that they own. Right, and everyone runs back immediately. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball. Oh, why hasn't the Super Series returned? Why hasn't this? Why haven't we gotten an adaptation of the Moral Arc? Why haven't we done this, that, and third? All legitimate complaints. However, looking at the way Connections rollout has been handled, I'm like, yo, Naruto is going through right now. Naruto is going through what Bleach went through uh, during the PS3 era of like, again, we talked about this. Connections, you know, it's. Quiet is kept. You know, people don't talk about it enough, but there was a time where the Storm franchise was low-key carrying Naruto. You know, you would see a fight that wasn't animated the best, and you're like, you know what? I ain't even tripping, because CyberConnect 2 is going to make that thing look amazing. And that will come through, right? It, it got to the point where even when Storm 4 dropped, there were, until the anime got to it, there was a, a, a toss-up about how who adapted the Storm 4... Uh, sorry. Who adapted the Sakudin ending the best, right? And CyberConnect 2's name was thrown into the hat of like it was done in a cinematic way. You were watching essentially an animated page for page of the panels. I'd argue that they probably handled the Kaguya fight better than the anime, to be honest. You know, with Sasuke throwing blows, Naruto throwing blows, Sakura throwing blows. You know, it, it kind of gave that final boss feel for real, as opposed to how she was handled in the manga anime, right? So for as much as I feel that CyberConnect 2 ha- has undoubtedly gotten lazier over the years, you can't deny the impact that they've had in carrying the Naruto franchise from a clear, clear love of it. But here it is now that we're, at, we're in connections. You know, uh, we're barely getting Twitter updates. Even the rollout of the character reveals is all over the place, right? So it's like, for as good as this trailer was, in hindsight, I'm like, this game was announced like, what, three, four months ago and we're just... Now getting trailers for Kawaki, Boruto, and Jigen. And it's just like, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, there's no continuity to it. So for obviously we're getting a new Naruto and Sasuke because we always do. But it's kind of like you, you announce Indra and Ashura. We still haven't seen their gameplay, but they're also past characters. So it's clearly not a Boruto focused game, which we kind of expected, but what is, What's the thought process here? Is this revolutions? You know, revolutions gets kind of just tossed in whoever. You know, is is this the 4.5 Naruto game? Are those rumors that we heard like a year ago about them actually working on a Storm 5 
is that still the thing? Is this supposed to be the Storm 5? Right? You go to the anime. The anime is on hiatus because everyone's tired of the filler. The manga, you know, uh, is, a, is a place of contention, right? Where some people seem to love it. I think the manga uh, concept-wise has some good ideas, but it's very, very uh, uneven and lopsided in terms of storytelling. And I'm like, yo, Naruto might be the series that's struggling the most in terms of the big name animes of having a current presence. They ain't getting no arc system fighter. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not getting the 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 undeniable bangers that Naruto was once known for. Tim knows I'll be dead. Tim be like, yo, you got storm like Tim. It's downloading the install of my PS3 right now. I have it. It's bought. You know, and now I'm just like connections. Ah, Oh wow, super cinematic angle. Oh wow, big explosion. Yeah. And also, but what are you guys' thoughts? Both on the I'll connections go, and, and the, the, the Naruto in 2023. I'll go first. Go um I was never a diehard fan of the Naruto games, man. I remember you saying that. I think yeah. you're wrong, but go ahead. I don't take them seriously. I know you don't. I think it's uh nice to win. I get it. <laughs> not, not, yeah, I, I I treat it the same way uh, when I see a new Lego Star Wars. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. No, mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Um, I uh, cinematically, yeah, no, the, the cinematics it's cyber connect too. Like I enjoyed as much as people didn't. I I was mad at first, but then I took it for what it was. I like the Zerg's back. Oof, you on an island you know? so. I mean, at least in this podcast, I know there's people who love you know, Asura's rap. When I but... say I liked it, like I still I finished it. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't just stop playing because I was mad because it wasn't what I thought it was gonna be. But yeah, but I just I finished it. But I can't deny that some of the stuff that took place during the cutscenes in Asura's rap was mind blowing. It was. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and with um the Naruto games, man, it's just like um I always. Never understood why the Japanese companies never would give the budget, a AAA budget, to these amazing worlds. Why in the world? Like, Naruto's world is so uh, immersive. Why not give us a war where all the Kages from the past existed? Right? Like, why not give us a game? But they never... Give us a game. They almost do the same template that Dragon Ball Z does. Let's play this saga, that saga, and that saga, and sell it to them again with new perks. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, dog, like, come on, man. Like, you have it's not the same universe. It's more in depth. It has more depth to it. I the first Naruto game for the PS3 to me was the best one. The original Storm. Yeah. Okay. I think it's Storm Three, from when it's the one that dropped in 07. Yes, the Storm 1. Okay. Because the way it looked, the angles were interesting um, at the time, right? The angles that they had were interesting. And then with Storm, you had the hub world. You had the little mini games where it was like Naruto's was actually running on trees, like in the anime. Like, where's that at? You know what I'm saying? I don't... Why give us just... Why not allow us to be in that ninja world? And then when we do fight, we're going into the arena. You know, kind of like how uh, um, Tales of Arise does it, or a uh, uh, Dragon Quest game does it. Let me explore. Let me be a ninja. You know, let me be a ninja. Like that's how I would have. I never understood why they don't put the backing budget behind these games. 
because the um because those properties are very deep. Those properties have amazing worlds, man. I just don't, I don't get it. And I just never personally, because of that, I'm like, do they not realize what they have on their hands here? But I, I guess, and before I uh, let Tim get his point off, uh, I guess my question for you then would be, is it more so that you have a critique that there's not enough diversity in Naruto games? Because essentially, like, you can't expect uh, the Storm franchise to be everything to everybody. Right, I think you can't you can't necessarily expect a cinematic story, a hub world being built, and a competent fighting system all from one publisher. That's just that you can't. Right, I even look at Arxis. My biggest critique, and I told you guys both of this separately, and and you know when we talk about them, I think Arxis is terrible at making story modes. They're horrible at it. They suck. They're not good, but their fighting systems are amazing. The, the complexity to the characters and the individuality of the characters are great. They can do, you know, they can use a little bit more work in their game modes outside of one-on-one fights. But, you know, like, I can't expect Arxis to hit every single note. I'm not going to sit there and say that Fighters was trash just because I didn't like the story mode. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like with Cyber Connect 2, it's very clear that their uh, bread and butter is in their cinematic visuals and cinematic storytelling. You know, so do you knock them in the sense of, like, uh, you know, for the same reasons that I liked Asura's Wrath, I don't like it in Naruto. Um, I just, I just, I just didn't, don't feel like the, the combat is, is deep, man. Like, I, I always hated arena fighters. Um, and as far as like Naruto, you know, it's not like Power Stone. Power Stone Punch, punch, kick, up, up, you know, you fight for stone and you call it a day. Over Naruto, it's like, I know this guy can do way more than what I'm being um, allowed to do. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's where the frustration comes in for me. So, because I almost feel cheated. So I, I never just, I never felt the combat system was that deep anyway. So it was just like, it's just, you know, uh, the main focus for me was never the combat. That's why I never took those games series. I always, I felt like they were more focused on the cinematic approach. I don't think, I don't see anybody doing tournaments at EVO for a Naruto Ninja Storm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm pretty sure people do it, but I don't think it's because it's not, it's not that deep. I don't think it was made to be deep either. Well, first of all, it's because the, the fighting online is literally like a cat fight, like how you saw in them old cartoons where they rolling a ball. That's what, online fighting is bro it's it gives you vertigo like the amount of substitutions back yeah, and forth it's whoever runs out substitutes fastest oh <laughs> it's it's a lot man um but you know to go into my point um i do feel the combat has been dated ever since storm 2 i do feel that you know they just kind of stuck with that little template from like storm 2 and generations and they're just running with it Mm-hmm. And now, even as the where they are now, it's just like everything is a god tier character. And I did feel like, you know, that beat, but that defeated the whole purpose of Boruto. Boruto was supposed to be like a soft reset ish. And then, you know, to be honest, it happened with Dragon Ball Z. Now it's happening here, is where you're boosting up this next generation to just rename all over again. Because, like, right now, you know, the biggest selling point is like, oh, it's. Naruto, Boruto connections, but like, bro, the Boruto side of the story is kind of like, 
questionable because most of the good characters that we got are fillers. Yeah. Or the ones that I say that are good and that they add variety are fillers because if you really just count from the stuff that we got from the manga, from the manga is just aliens, a few cyborgs, and you know a couple of kids he went to school with, mm-hmm. but you still haven't really shown what these kids are fully capable of. Mm-hmm. Like you're just focusing on the big three, which is Orto. Sarada and Mitsuki. Like even Mitsuki's kind of like taking like the back seat now. Mm-hmm. This dude got a stage mode. He got wind and lightning, and that's it. Like Sarada getting all these power ups. You know, she's starting to really know more about the Uchiha, the Uchiha legacy in terms of what the clan was known for. Um, and you know, Boruto is just is just this. <laughs> This character that's just getting power up over, over, and it, I mean, it's it, it's weird. It's in a very weird place, man. Um, like yeah, Storm Connections. I'm not very hyped about it. I do feel like this could, like at my point earlier, it could. This all could have been GLC. Mm-hmm. And like I said, you added past characters like Ashura and Indra, so I kind of felt like, well, you know, you didn't give us Kurenai and Anko. Mm-hmm. You didn't give us all the. The characters from the war, and you know, even Jory Point said, like, I want all the Kage's, bro, because, like, you, you know, in the anime, you showed us all their faces. Because mm-hmm. apparently, you find out that basically, um, all the Kage's in the Sand Village, they're all related. Like, oh, like, okay. Mars family is technically like royalty. They call them the Kaze Kage clan. So that means the first one and the second one were brothers. And then that means the third was probably like a son. And mm-hmm. now I'm thinking, like, was that the brother to Gara's father? Because mm-hmm. you realize he was very young when he got killed by Sasuke. He was very young. So, and even in terms of, um, uh, what's the other one? Like, even like the Earth, the Earth Village as well. You kind of basically found out like um, most of them were related as well. The only one. Who's questionable was the second one that would do to do with the bandages, mm-hmm. but it's like you know there's so much rich lore that you know that the war kind of opened up like about like you know the feud between the villages in the past, but it's just kind of like you know the game is basically copy and paste and it's like bro like if it, if it's not fireballs and and a few water dragons that's it like there's no real depth to the story and oh. I kind of a game that's that focused so much about. You know, different elemental styles and Kike Genkai's, I kind of felt like around like Storm 2, they kind of just took a seat behind. Like, yeah, Storm 3 gave us all the Jinkirikis on. They gave us like, you know, the current Kages of the time. But I just kind of felt like, well, bro, we didn't get the Scorch user. We didn't get the Explosive user. True. True. Like, there was some, like, you basically did the Sound 4 all over again. Like, bro, there were some key fights in the war that it's like, so we basically got the Gold and Silver Brothers, but they're just a boss battle. It's like, so we don't really see, like, a tag team version of these dudes with these legendary ninja Right, tra- right. It's a like, ninja tools-based character that's not named Tintin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good point. It's like, it's like, like, there's a lot of stuff. And even, like, on the, exp- I'll expand more on Storm 3, you know, the Kage guards. Like, the only person who became a playable character... Was um um Daru Daru um because yeah. of 
old Gale style, but it's like you had so many other characters that you could have added such a good depth about. Like, you know, even the current one is like now, now it's like, all right, are we going to get the new Kage's? Because remember, one of the characters that we didn't get from Storm 3 is now a Kage. Well, two mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, two of them. Mm-hmm. They're Kage's now. So it's kind of like, are you going to pull the cop out and give us a skin or just to cover both um, plates? So it's kind of like, yeah, like you're starting to really see that laziness, man. And it's like, I kind of wish like a new company would just take over right now. Mm. And just like, you know, like I said, Art System Works did a great job with Fighter Z. Um, they did a good job with, you know, even the Ruby series, like, which all I we've ever known is just an anime. And it's like when I saw them characters integrated into the Blaze Blue universe, I was like, bro, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is graphically beautiful. And I kind of feel like, you know, somebody else needs to take over because CyberConnect 2 has just been on a very, like, slow grind. And, then, and you know, we can tell from generations, like, to revelations that this is just a filler game. Mm-hmm. So if we ever do get a Storm 5, um, where is it going to take place? Or, like, or even where, you know, where the manga is right now. Like, you know, technically, Barto is going to be a four-year time skip. Are we waiting till, till these Genie become actually legit fighters? Like almost like basically this is their era of Shippuden to add them to a game. It's hard to say because they none of them outside of you know maybe Chocho or just a few other characters have done anything that is moveset worthy, right? For all we know, it's like not for nothing. Like yes, we know he has wind style techniques, but Shikamaru's son is basically Shikamaru. You know, like there's not enough to kind of make them be like, wow, this person has their own unique flair. I don't, I don't know. It's just, you know, as we were talking about, especially in the group chat and to the points that Tim brought up, it's like it's it's such a weird place because it's not like like obviously we know out of the big like shonen, right? One Piece is probably the most lore dense um, anime that we that we've gotten, right? But then you look at Naruto, like Naruto's probably right there, not for nothing in terms of. Just what's been established. You know, it's not Bleach. It's not Dragon Ball, which are a little bit like, not they're not superficial, but a little bit more superficial in comparison. And like what Tim said, is like we kind of just skim over these things like, oh, yeah, so this person used to have like a blood food. This person. Wait, what? Yeah, but, you know, back to Naruto and Sasuke. No, 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 no. Go back, go back. You know, it's like these, you know, once in a generation Kekka Genkais that get, you know, uh, reduced to a novel story somewhere. You know, it's just like where, like, why aren't we tapping more into this? Yeah, bro. Like, bro, like Kakashi invented a whole new fighting style to compensate for the loss of his Sharingan, bro. But you don't like. Are we gonna get a new Kakashi? Like, uh, very like this is the prime Hokage Kakashi, not that skin that you gave us. Like, mm-hmm. no. is this the prime Hokage Kakashi? Because when you read his novel, bro, this dude basically stopped the world from going crazy, like. He was able to make peace and let peace be peace. But it's like, well, where's all of this? Like, where are all these elements? And even in terms of Naruto and Sasuke, like, you find out, like, yeah, these dudes have all, they have they have all the chakra natures, but they're still showing the same type of movesets. Mm. Or that you can't even, you don't even care no more. Like, with this new Naruto, the, the biggest thing that I was happy to see was like, oh, he did a foxtail rotation. Mm-hmm. So he married a Huga. That is beautiful to see. 
And then, you know, even with Boruto, Boruto was on a good stat because I did see a lot of like a fusion of the Shadow Clone Jutsu fused with the Huga style. Right. And I kind of felt like once Rasengan came in there, he became Naruto Jr. Literally. That's it. And then, literally. You know, and now the fact that, you know, he's basically a Jinchuri now is kind of like. Right. He's a Jinchuriki with a curse mark. At the same time, and Sarada, despite not having mastered her Sharingan, now has a Mangekyo. So there's also that too. It's just, I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. hold on. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, wait, stop. Yep. Stop. Yes. You said Mangekyo Sharingan? Yes, yeah. I did. How old is she? Mm, well, about 13, 14, maybe. Same age as Itachi, but but here's 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 a stark difference, right? Itachi, sweet sweet ends up you know killing himself, whatever grief of loss. Itachi gets him on Gekko We know the story. Sarada felt really really bad for Boruto, and unlocked him on Gekko. The power of friendship. Yeah, she felt really bad because of what was happening. The power of friendship, and went to go cry to her dad. The and you saw him on Gekyo Tears. The power of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. And then I have a question. What happened to the storyline about the seven swordsmen? Legendary swordsmen? Doesn't so matter. So guess who doesn't work tomorrow now? Guess who got complacent? Uh, I mean, you saw all the swords. They were returned to the village. Um, they got new users, but they were technically criminals. But, you know, some of them got rehabilitated. But then, you know, they're still fillers. I heard Zabuza came back. Huh? Zabuza came back. No, Zabuza's dead. Zabuza didn't come back? Mm-hmm. Or was it whose son? Whose son? Kasami. Kasami's son came back. Or not came back, but Kasami had a son, basically. Well, actually, no, he was a clans member. Okay. He was a clan. Right. He was the only person who had a child was Raiga, which is another filler character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like, and that's where I feel like, you know, it, as the games come in, that's kind of like an issue, bro. Because it's kind of like, all right, bro, you got to kind of use some of these fillers from Borzo, bro. Because especially when they went back to the Hidden Mist, that, that clan that they fought, that was the most detailed filler that they ever had. And it was good. It was good. So it was kind of like, bro, I want these characters from this particular filler. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are we going to do? Because I do feel like if you do a Boruto game, I do feel, you know, don't give us the pre, the, the pre-time the skip characters. Don't give us the Shippuden characters. Give us the last versions of them. Mm. And then now give us their Boruto era once. Because I do feel like the last, like, especially when we read the novels, like, bro, a lot of interesting stuff happened during that era. A lot of interesting stuff. And it would be cool to see what their post-war fighting styles look like. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, after the war, everybody got promoted to Joni. You already know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a Jonin right now. You know, Shikamaru is the Hokage's second in command. Like, 
That's basically, true. Basically took his father's role in elevator. It's true. It's, and you know they're not just there just for uh for advisory no, purposes. Himself. Nah, yeah. he said he he leveled up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in terms like they fought a lot of rogue ninja because a lot of people were leaving their villages because of what happened. A lot of people blame the Leaf Village for what happened because the primary suspects were all basically Leaf Ninja. Yeah. So it was kind of like there was a lot of interesting stuff that really happened, man. And then of course, like you know, yes, let the Boruto characters be like a soft reset, bro. Because, like, first of all, you got these kids who are like fusions of characters. Like, you know, Chocho uses the butterfly style for a fashion statement. But, like, let her, like, that fuse that, fuse that into her, like, fighting style. Like, she would use the butterfly to gain speed. Mm-hmm. But then when she's in your face, hit this big mountain fist in your face. Fused with lightning chakra because her mom comes from the lightning village. And, you know, Sai and um, Eno's kid, like, like to this day, you've only shown more of Sai. Right, you, with the paint. One, one time you showed Eno was a filler. Mm-hmm. Was a filler. And it's like, it's like these, these kids, they're, they're really tippy-toeing around them. Like, the, the one kid who has the most, I would say detailed fighting style that we know about is Awabi. And he's a super senior. Like, the man, he's, you know, he's very prominent in Earth style. He uses a mallet. Cool. Even the, um, that group with all girls, the one who has that little cat cloak. And it's like, yes, she's a rush, she's a rush down Yamcha character. Mm-hmm. But, but it's like, the rest of these kids, like, we just don't know what they're truly like, like I said, Shikai Shikidai is a prime example, bro. I felt like they made him too much like Shikamaru. Like I felt like you should have gave him the genius of Shikamaru, but the attitude of his mother, right, and the aggressiveness of his mother. Because it's like we've seen the oh, this is a trap. We've seen that already. Mm-hmm. We said we know how this story ends. Like, and then you know, there's a very interesting um theory that's going around that you know. Like, if Gara dies, technically his adopted son is not going to be the next Kaze Kage because it's like bloodline. So that means the only person who had a child was Tamari. So that means if Gara dies, Shikidai is next to be Kaze Kage. Mm. That would make a great, interesting story. I guess uh, this may be the final topic with this, and we can kind of close out the, the podcast. Do you guys feel like? Um, Naruto might be heading towards like a place of of, of non redemption. You know, um, one of the things I talked about with Tim often is that I think their their over reliance on the alien subplot has has handicapped them. Right, because going back to your point about characters, if every single character has to be able to have a skirmish with Naruto and Sasuke. Boss A and Boss B of, of the Leaf Village, then like you said, it leaves no room for anything else. If everyone has to be able of capable capable of fighting uh, Jigen, then there's nowhere else to go. Everyone is god tier power. Everyone, you know, if you're not a Daraga clone, you are useless. And even when you're a Daraga clone, you're useless. If you don't have an eye technique, you're useless. <laughs> For those who are listening, Jory, Jory is embodying uh, uh, 
Kira uh, as uh, Killer Queen um, of just listen, <laughs> listen man bites the dust of the, if, of the if you're born in the 90s they would say you're George Bushing the button and that's exactly <laughs> what they need to do George Bush yeah, the button it's over Naruto's over listen it's so done Le- okay let me we being nice let's be real Let's 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 be real. Let's take out the filler. Let's be real. Aliens. Yeah, and a story about ninjas. Mm-hmm. With ninjas. Mm-hmm. Naruto's last fight was on the moon. Mm-hmm. No. No. I I did not come. I, it went from demons. Now we fight <laughs> aliens. I always hated when those continuities get mixed up. Mm-hmm. I don't want, like, I'm watching the Justice League episode and I'm looking at Etrigan talk to Martian Manhunter for 30 minutes. So, what is this, dog? <laughs> Y'all are from two different subsets it's, of it's, the same it's world. Just, it just doesn't, it's like ice cream and sherbet. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't, it's nasty. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. And it's like, okay. Now, even going back into Shippuden, Naruto, and even the um, Hashirama. Hashirama is his um, great grand, great, the first Okage, right? Mm-hmm. They're related to aliens. Yeah. They can't just be because they trained so hard in an era that allowed them to be, like the basketball legends that we had. Mm-hmm. It's because of the era, the environment was conducive for those type of people to exist. You know, let that tell the story. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, it's okay for me to be like, yo, why is Superman so strong? Well, he's a Kryptonian. That's fine. He's from that planet, right? Within that context, it works. Why are people in Opalaka so wild? It's Opalaka. Right? Mm-hmm. Let the environment form the character. I thought this is like storytelling 101. Aliens? Because in his mind, he needed to compete with Dragon Ball Z. Yep. Because it's his favorite. It, it, it inspired him the most. It inspired Kishimoto cool. the most. Yeah, which is cool. But now we stopped doing this mm-hmm. and started doing this. You realize, you guys realize in the last fight with Naruto and Sasuke, Naruto just tanks a Chidori. Like, he doesn't even dodge it. Like, he gets stabbed by Sasuke's Chidori and his, his Naito's cloak just... No. Just no. Pretty much. Yeah. And, and, and like, <laughs> I, like, I'm just... No, it's, too, it's done, man. It's... I, you got... We love it, man. You feel me? It, it's, it's done. Ninjas. It's ninjas. It's... It's it, done, It hits man. every core aspect of... Especially us as millennials of our youth. You think three ninjas, you think karate kid, you think the the art of shinobi, and you know, like all these these core things that make Naruto uh such a unique departure from Dragon Ball in a in, in a great way. And it's just like no the fights he was people born could special. follow the fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to imagine how fast Goku was going. <laughs> you know how crazy that episode was for a second grader? Keep focused, Gohan. They're moving at Sonic's... Like, I, I almost passed out. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I could watch the fights when Sasuke first confronted Orochimaru in the school. That was peak tsunami, man. And he's using tools and shuriken, you know, and just his mind, mm-hmm. techniques. You know, like if someone was smarter, they can always win. The last good strategy fight that I've all seen from Naruto Shippuden was Shikamaru and Kakashi teamed up. What happened to those unlikely natural team ups that could happen in real life? You know, good, it, good point. It, Let's go back to like what we said a past podcast episode was like you know, you know, free time skip Naruto was basically on par with like Dragon Ball. It was about technique. It was about technique and you know the culture of the environment of the world around them. But you know afterwards, like you know Shippuden Z came in. Everything is a beam. Everything is a Rasengan. Everything is a Chidori. Mm-hmm. Now a planetary de- devastation is like. There's no room for for like just like a soft reset, and that's what Boruto should have been. To be honest, that's how Boruto was marketed in the beginning. Right, it was soft reset. Getting back to basics, mm-hmm. but then moment the moment Momoshiki and them arrive, Momoshiki is like it just they just they just threw everything away, bro. They just threw everything away. And like, then if they exist, what else is out there? A Kryptonian? Right. Right, right, right. And then you, it's it's just weird because you think that uh, it seems like, oh, well, the answer is we'll just nerf Sasuke and Naruto. It's like, we're, you're too far no. gone. You're taking <laughs> away Kuruman, taking away his, his, uh, his uh, Rinnegan, it's too late. <laughs> the appeal of a ninja is to stay within its frame. If my ninja is now in broad daylight fighting Superman... <laughs> You just a swordsman, kid. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, I do feel like, you know, whatever happens with this time skip, it's kind of like, yeah, like, yeah, it's going to end on a very big climax, but it's kind of like there's no more you could really do. That's crazy. That's crazy. Because you've already set such a crazy bar where it's like, bro, what can you really do with this now? Like... Because mm. like, yeah. honestly, like it's gonna end. It's gonna end with an alien battle. It's gonna end with an alien battle. It is. If 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 kunai ships are in the sky of Bar- Boruto, I'm done. Like like it's already, it's already gone, bro. Kunai ships coming in. This is why kunai exists in this world. It's already gone. In the in the manga, a twelve year old girl, fourteen uh, year old girl, casts cast a village wide genjutsu. You mean an infinite setsu yomi? Basically, that's that's why I see these news feeds is killing me, man. I I can't get behind it, man. Basically. I can't. I'm li- I'm like you guys tarnished the a old. legacy. Mm-hmm. You ruined a one thousand year old bottle of wine. And wine does taste better when it ages. <laughs> yeah, I'm heartbroken, man. It, I go back yeah. and I look at the fights. I'm like, what? What happened? The fight where Pain versus Jiraiya in the city, and the, he had to summon the Toad. 
Mm-hmm. He had to fuse with the other frogs to sustain chocolate. Mm-hmm. Like, like Tim said, concepts and technique. Technique. No stakes. No stakes. Mm-hmm. You need technique and stakes. That's why JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm watching them play a video game with cars. And the stakes were so high. The world is on the line. You feel <laughs> stake master. Yeah, yeah. No fighting. Just stakes. You got to understand, I'm a 12-year-old boy who's used to watching Power Rangers and people get kicked through windows by Jean-Claude Van Damme on a continuous basis. The story to make me sit down and want to buy a car had to be compelling. Mm-hmm. Kaiba versus Yugi. Hey, Yugi, look, man, you know, I can't beat you, but I'm going to jump off this cliff. Jada! I'm yelling at the screen, dog. But then Punch you, in the air. But then you realize it's to save his younger brother. The only family he has left. And you're just like... Hmm. Oh, now with a dimension to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yo. <laughs> What's up? <y'all? laughs> Someone spoke it. I know who can. No, but yo. Mokuba's in good hands. I got it from here. <laughs> no, I could stand Mokuba, bro. Could stand Mokuba, dog. But I just wanted to bring that up because I feel like, you know, we, did, we didn't bring up enough anime in our talks usually. And I think Connections was a great way to kind of talk about the, the underdog that is Naruto, right? I think Naruto, more so than Dragon Ball, more so than Bleach, more so than a lot of these animes that were like, oh, they're not, they're not doing anything with them. I'm like, bro, Naruto has not had a movie announced, hasn't had a, a quality rollout for a game, nothing. Dragon Ball nothing. Z is right there, man. It is. It's not, it's not in a good position. They're even talking about rebooting Dragon Ball because it's so messed up. They keep seeing people go back to the martial arting fights. Yeah, people keep making fun. People keep making fun. You know, it's so sad that the Xenoverse 20, 10 minute episodes are better than oh, any. The Dragon Ball Heroes. Yeah. I, I, I was so mad. I'm like, why is this happening? We're getting better payoffs in Dragon Ball Heroes than we are getting in, in the Dragon Ball series. It's true. In 10 minutes. It's true. I saw, uh, what was it? It was a screenshot of a Bardock, Goku, and Future Gohan family attack. And I was like, hmm, I never knew I needed this. Okay. (laughs) Parts blew me away as a villain. Great villain. Great concept. Great design, actually. But, uh, you know, in, in, in wrapping things up, we will have to kind of reapproach. I think that's a, a good concept for a future episode of, of where do the uh, the iconic animes of our time stand nowadays? What was lost? What was appreciated? And can they be salvaged? Uh, I think even for a teaser, I'm like, I, Naruto might be done, bro. It, I don't know if there's anything else they could do. So well done, Steak. You cannot regret it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that being said, fellas, thank you so much. Again, once again, I appreciate y'all joining me for another episode. I know this one started later than we, we planned to. You know, uh, life be life in. Hopefully, we'll look back on this and be like, man, remember those times where we had to juggle work? Ha ha! Ha! You know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Martinis. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Charlie laugh. Oh, yeah. man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, once again, appreciate y'all. Uh, uh, again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in from wherever you tune in. And we'll be back for another episode.